And we're live. Luke Getze. How do you feel about him? Is there not enough info yet? Are you a huge fan? Are you a hater? I don't know why you would be. But I think Luke Getze is possibly the X factor to this team this year. And we're going to talk more about that in a minute because Kitty is back. So, Kitty, let's kick this shit off. Bears country. Where is it? Down with BCP. Down with BCP. You 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 know, Chris Watts pointed out to me on our last show that I looked really white dancing to this. So, like, PJ, <laughs> how do I not look so white dancing to this? Because I love this song. And Put off all your lights. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> I love it. Kitty, it is amazing to have you back, my dear. You are what makes this show go. You've always been what makes it go. I, I'm excited to see what you're going to bring moving forward because it, it's so great to have you back. So I love you, my dear, and thank you for coming back. There's going to be some strict guidelines. If, if, if we screw this up, we'll lose Kitty. and We don't want to do that. So I know you don't. I definitely do not. <laughs> definitely do not. Guys, how are you doing this Thursday evening? Foster, PJ, J2K, you're getting ready to do your own thing soon. So this is might be your last night on the show. It's great to have all you guys on, man. I should say, yes, I should say, I should say um, my co-hosts, PJ and Foster and J2K. You're not Dude. my co-host, but you are on your final <laughs> show before your adventure. He's a That's right. So whenever, but I'll be around. I'll be in the chat. You've got you've been around uh, with BCP since almost day one, J2K. So that's why it almost being your last show for a little while. I you had to be a part of it as the, the the entire show. I could not do that, you know. So Foster and PJ, man, it is great to see you guys again. How are you doing, man? It's good to be seen, man. Just been a kind of a rough week. Things breaking constantly and not going so good. Be well, nice to sit here. Be nice to sit here and talk to you guys about something other than the crap that's going on in my life. <laughs> it's always nice to hang out and talk bears, isn't it? Absolutely. So, Absolutely. so tonight's uh, center of attention, as we're calling it now, is uh, based on Luke Getzey. I think there's a lot that we can add to this conversation about this. And it might, you know, but tonight we're kind of restructuring the show. So we're going to have on our first guest, Dan Aguirre is coming on at 930. And then we're just going to have some, some, some chat time. And then we have a new guest 
uh, from chat. Brian Gilmore is going to join us at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And then the final hour of the show from 11 to 12 p.m. We're trying to keep this three hours. Or we don't want to lose Kitty. That will be the uh, shoot the shit time. And that's where we're just going to hang out, talk bears. We'll talk about Cliff's meatloafs and all that kind of shit. So, Kitty, uh, let's let's round up this. You got something to say? Yeah, but I just want to say welcome, uh, Cliff, uh, Mr. Mayhem, Doug, Don Burr. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, we'll be responding to you guys in chat tonight. So thanks again for joining us, guys. And thank you, Kitty, for being in the background. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Kitty. I mean, that's well said, PJ, because we're going to be we're going to try to be a lot more chat centric tonight, um, especially when we have our guests on. That's definitely going to be chat centric time. So, guys, get your questions ready because Kitty will be starring them. She'll be keeping those questions for our guests and for us, if you if you want. And uh, we're going to we're really going to try to focus on that tonight. So, um Let's just start off with the first segment, uh, center of attention. This is the main subject. So, Kitty, roll that up. Luke Getzey. Love him or hate him? What order are we going to go in, guys? Why don't we, why don't we switch this, th this way? We're going to go with you next, PJ. I, I mean, love him or hate him. They're, listen, people love him and people hate him, and there's everyone in between, right? And I, I, I don't see any reason why we shouldn't dote on him, considering what he's had, what he's had to deal with, and what what the players you know that he had on his team, and how he kind of managed the offense throughout the season. So go ahead, PJ. All right, my first impressions of him. I was optimistic or pessimistic because he never called plays before. Uh, I think when while he was in Green Bay, he never called plays. He went, he left Green Bay, went to a college to be an offensive coordinator, I believe. But while at that offer, while in that college, the head coach called plays, so he didn't call plays then. So I thought his first year here was kind of like trying to figure out how to game plan, how to call plays, and manage a young quarterback. I thought he had a lot on his plate, so all things considered, I thought he did really well considering. I mean, yeah, he had some bumps in the road, but taking all those things in consideration, I think he did pretty well. Foster? Uh, I, I like this guy from day one. I was a little nervous about the same thing, PJ, that, that he hasn't been able to call his own plays and put them into action. You know, last year he did that. Um, we, we didn't quite have much for a guy to work with, but I, I think he, he a lot of those games he made some some good adjustments in the games, late in the game or halftime adjustments. So I, I was I was happy with that, man. I I, I think I think we we might have found somebody to fill this position because I, I'm going to be really optimistic. Call me Homer again, man. Um, I just like the guy the way also this the way he works with the people in his offense. He seems to be like a um kind of hands-on like like a player's offensive, like a player's coach. Mm -hmm. Um so 
time time's gonna tell. We all know that. But look, now he's got something to work with, guys. He's got a lot more to work with than he had last year, man. I, I can't think go thinking back, I can't imagine how hard that must have been on him going oh, yeah. what, You know, what do I got to work with? I got Justin Fields and some ragtag and a guy here and a guy there. So I don't know how we could not be on the up offensively. I don't know how we could not. JTK, I know you you just you've got a lot to say. Break it down. But uh, I feel well, like I, I should mean, go first before you before yeah. <laughs> before you shower us with what I what I, excellent knowledge about what I know you're about to say. But like I I agree with what you were both saying. It's like in the beginning we were all kind of worried about what we were seeing there in the in the play calling. We were like, what's going on here? There was a few games we lost, right? Because the, you look at the Commanders game, what was it, three, four goal line stances, one or two against the Packers, couldn't score a single. One of them was like a shotgun running back or shotgun quarterback sneak. I mean, it, so we were kind of questioning him at that point, weren't we? And I think that once he started to get into, into his groove and he realized the weapon that he had in Justin and that it was taking a little bit of time for everyone to learn the offense – including Justin, the best thing to do was just to put him in the best position that he could possibly put him in, right? J2K? Yes, I agree. And I'm actually very optimistic on Getze. Um, Foster brought up the halftime adjustments, which uh, I also agree with. And the stat that I've seen is that we had the second best uh, scoring offense on our first drive, um, just under the Eagles. And just under them by six points, which is really impressive. And I think what that shows is with the first drive and halftime adjustments is when Getsy has, has time to scheme, he does a really amazing job. I think once defenses started countering him, um, he didn't really have a plan B just because of the talent issue. Mm-hmm. So given DJ Moore added to this offense, you know, a, a I think a much better running back room, better tight end room, a better offensive line. I mean, we can dive all into that tonight. Um, I'm very optimistic about Getsy. And one thing I did want to say was uh, Getsy's been the same guy, regardless of wins or losses or, you know, issues with fields having maybe not the best game or just even that Washington game when, we got down to the goal line multiple times and we just couldn't punch it in. And I think we lost by, or we lost scoring only 13 points, but I think we could have scored a good three touchdowns. And I give that to credit to Getze. And it was a failure on the players not making the plays, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, th- this is for a 3-13 and 13 team. I, it's... 14. Or sorry, yeah, sorry, three and fourteen team. It my mind doesn't feel that way. It never has. I, I was uh, you know doing something for the show today, and it just came to my attention again that they were three and fourteen. It's like holy shit, that's right. This has got to be the best three and fourteen team I've ever seen because there were so many games we could have easily won. Yeah. So that's that's a testament to Getzy, right? Yeah, I, I, I think. Honestly, I mean, we all touched on it. The lack of talent and the lack of protection, uh, I think that that's going to be vastly improved with with the weapons we got and 
you know, and the protection we got this year, I think we're going to see a big improvement on that alone. So therefore, even with our rushing attempts, although I love, I, you guys know, I love Montgomery, but I think with this group of guys we got, we're going to be just fine. I really do. Guys, let's get let's get to some chat questions here. Kitty, I start a, a few of them for you because these are some good points that they're bringing up. Uh, Chips Ahoy Boy says, Fields was sacked 57 times, so the best idea for Fields was to run the ball. Dude ran for his life at some point. Don't want to see Fields lead this team in rushing ever again. Well, I think that, in my opinion, that's why they went to him running the ball was because he was getting sacked so many times. Well, I, I would say this. I would say a lot of his runs came from him, his scramble. It wasn't like a necessarily a design run. It's just that he didn't have nobody open and he just broke and took off. So I agree, though. I agree with you 100%, Chips Ahoy, that I don't want to see Fields lead this team in the rushing again. I don't. Mm -hmm. I, definitely not. No, uh, what's that? No, thank you, man. What's that second question, Kitty? Cliff Victoria, rumor is Claypool ran the wrong route on two interceptions. Other players were messing up too. Very true. Very true. Did he lose his, his confidence and his, the play wasn't there to where he was th supposed to throw the ball? So then he had it. He just it broke down, so he was running? I think the protection broke down. Go ahead, Foster. I'm sorry. No, no, you're good, man. There, there's just so many reasons. It, it's it's multiple reasons. It's not just one. For bad protection. Uh, don't not trust in the receivers to get the ball because they're running run, wrong routes. So so how many guys on this team on that offense knew this the system offense had a, had a pretty good idea of it? How many? I think like two or three, and that's it. Right. And you're talking Patrick, who wasn't on the field. Equinemius St. Brown. That's two. Who else really? I don't. I don't know. I'm actually asking you guys. Who else had a grasp of this it. offense? Probably nobody. Yeah. Because it's Getsy's style of of that particular offense. So it's multiple reasons. The line, not trusting it. I've got I've got one and a one point seven seconds to, to decide what I'm going to do. That's got to be insanely tough. There's just multiple multiple reasons. It ain't just one. What do you think, J2K? Yeah, I agree with you guys. I think. Um, we saw a lot of miscommunications by him and, and Mooney early in the season. And I think he also saw Fields kind of stare down Mooney, waiting for him to break open in the route and at times not get open because he was, in fact, bracketed. And Fields taking the sack is a byproduct of it. And I agree with you, uh, PJ, about, you know, a lot of Fields' runs were off of uh three wide receiver sets where it wasn't a run play it was a pass right. play which we can get into it a little bit more which is why i kind of favor 11 personnel three wide receivers over a 12 personnel two tight ends just because it really opens up the field laterally deep and gives that space for fields that if everything is covered or they call a good defensive play that he's got space to run in what, what there's something to be said about the two tight end formation, though. I agree because you never know what direction it's going in. That's why I wanted Washington so bad. 
Darnell Washington. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have Tanya, who's going to be the, oh, that, the moon tight end. And we've got yeah. Komet, who can kind of be both the inline and the move. So I do think we're going to run a lot of 12 personnel. I think 11 and 12 is going to be our base package. And mm -hmm. I just lean a little more to the 11 because I I think Fields just has the talent to break off a 50, 60, 70-yard touchdown run at any moment. Cliff Victoria was, says here, what do you guys think Getsy is going to do differently this year? I think that's that's the answer to that. I think they're gonna. I think that they might be running more twelve personnel. I think. Oh, you go, you go, PJ. We'll go around the horn with that one. It's a good question. Um, well, I wasn't going to address that until we got into a little bit of breakdown of the different rooms. That oh, okay. Okay. My quick answer is that I think we're going to see um, a little bit different uh, running plays. So I think we're a base wide zone scheme, but I think we're going to start to see a little more of those wham blocks and power uh, plays. So that's that's my uh, intuition. Let's just call it that. Mine too. I, I kind of agree with you, uh, J2. I, my only other thought was that if the line starts performing better, we might see some more pocket passing later in the season. It, it just, again, it's there's too many factors kind of to, to which way they could go with this offense. But we probably are going to see more 12 personnel just because we have more personnel. So right. Right. better personnel, you know. And they're, they might just start putting that, that, that new rookie running back out there right off the, the bat, right? He could be – we talked about started by uh, week six. He could be started by week – one who knows how he impresses them in training camp because Khalil's not a number one, right? He's too, no. he's not, he can't block. He needs to be able to block and, and catch passes better, man. It's well, I don't know if he's been given a chance to catch passes or not, so I can't say he can't catch as of yet. I'm not saying he can, I just haven't yeah. seen whether or not he can do it. I get you, PJ. I look at his uh college i don't i don't know how much pass testing he did in college even now that i'm thinking back i don't remember right so, it depends we're gonna find out a real lot about some of these guys this season man That's oh absolutely absolutely i remember him dropping some passes and I'm, i remember him catching some nice passes you know they were they were good he should have caught them well, inconsistencies you know and I, right. I got a feeling roshan's just gonna be mr consistent with everything he does this little well, bit guy, man. I mean, I kind of get that feeling too. Yeah. Well, I think I will, by week six or seven, he will be our three down back. I, I don't, I don't know what care what we have or what anybody says. If the guy is what it appears, you can't even doubt that statement. Okay, maybe not week six or seven, but at some point. Mm -hmm. Transitioning real quick into the running back room in, in relation to Getsy, I think that with um, what's the uh, Don, Deontay yeah. Foreman as mm -hmm. well, Ebner, whether or not he makes a team, though, as well as Herbert, those guys are really fast. I think they all ran like four or four or something. So, I think what we're seeing from what Gessie is doing there, having this speed at running back to where you can make that one cut and go, something that David Montgomery didn't have was a lot of speed. Although I think 
Uh, Roshan Johnson ran a four five seven, so I don't know how his tri- his speed is going to translate. I heard there was some reasons for him running that four five seven, but I think that's something that, that gets yeah that's something that guess is going to bring or or should I say spotlight is the speed of our running backs. Mm-hmm. We talked about that. It's the the forty time is all about how quickly you get off the ball. After that, he where he runs what a twenty. 22 mile an hour top end speed. Yeah, <laughs> I'll take fast. that. That's yeah. pretty fast. And he's he's aggressive. He if he builds up some steam, he's got the power to give it back to you. You know. Yeah, yeah. Not to compare him to Peyton, but that's what Peyton did. He 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 played offensively more than he did. He was offensive. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Not defense. He, he was he was playing offense. Right. He, he was he was giving it to you. Right. <laughs> and I'm I'm excited to see Roshan. I think he's gonna add some of that quality to this running back room. Monty could give it to you, but he didn't have that speed. Yeah, he didn't have, he didn't have the speed to get away from you per se. Yeah. Yeah, and to but, add to uh, the running back room conversation, I think looking at Foreman and Roshan. I think those are going to be our two power backs. And we're going to have Herbert and Homer as our change of pace backs. Now, I I think that Foreman's going to get the shot at the starting position as far as the power back is concerned. I think Roshan's got to learn the offense. Plus, I, he's a really valuable special teamer. Um, so I think he's going to get plenty of snaps in that regard. Herbert... Mm-hmm. You know, he's got the best breakaway speed on the team. I think Homer's going to be a little more of that special teams guy as well. But I see a lot of rotation. So I know we talked a lot about who's going to be the starter, and we see Roshan being this complete back. And I think at some point this season, we may see Roshan literally start the game. But I really do think we're going to be heavy power not power scheme necessarily, but um, heavy power running backs early in the game. And you run over them until they get tired and worn out, and then you run around them. Mm-hmm. I like it. Let me uh, let me uh, say something real quick about the uh, wide receivers before our first guest comes on. Um, I, know, I know that uh, our receivers, kind of like our running backs, I think, all our receivers, our top seven receivers, are all four four or four three guys. They are speed. fast, speed. I mean, and that's something again that I think Getsy has wanted to mm-hmm. bring in. Now he has that. So our offense is gonna be, man, just a lot different. Kind of I don't want to say it's gonna be exactly like Kansas City, but I remember Kansas City having super fast guys themselves. I know they run a different offense than what we do, but they got those fast guys, and I think that's where we're going to be at, having a lot of fast guys. I love the speed that we added to this team. That's the, That was one of the biggest things I wanted was speed added to this team, and we've seen it both in the draft and in free agency. It's, it's going to be fun to watch. I know that much. We have our uh, – should, should we bring on our first guest here now? A couple minutes earlier to get him involved in the conversation? Can I say one thing? 
Please do. I just want to do this because I usually do this in the chat all the time. So fuck you, Don Burr. Have a good night, buddy. <laughs> usually what I do to him in the chat anyways. I talk with him all night and then say everything's cool. <laughs> Been doing it for years. Bring him on. Oh, man. Let's you know I want to say, uh, give a shout out to the guys in the chat, Squeegee, uh, well, Cliff, Doug, Don. Thanks for being in the chat. Appreciate you guys. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Always great to see you guys. They're awesome. Doug, we got to get you on the show, man. And Don. And Squeegee. Everyone, send us an email. Join the show. Get Chips oh. back in here, too, man. I like that guy. Let me say something to Don Burr real quick. Uh, Don Burr. Uh, I mean, because you know, I don't get I don't get off in the whole back and forth with him, but I will say this: I remember Don Burr saying that his running backs was better than Monty when we had Monty. Now I'm seeing him talk about how good Monty is. Come on, Don Burr. Only thing I'm saying: can you please be consistent? That's all I ask. You tell him, PJ. <laughs> oh man, well, let's bring on Dan Aguirre from the Barham Network. Dan Aguirre. What do you think about Don Burr? <laughs> Don Burr, King Go Fuckems. No, I, I have no heat with Don Burr. It, it is funny that he spends so much time with the Bears fans, though. I, I, like, There's no way I would do this with a, a Lions podcast or a Green Bay podcast, or even a Vikings for that matter. So it, it always befuddles me. Like, Is he an in-the-closet Bears fan? Uh, me too. It he makes is. you wonder. His name backward is Burr Don. Bear down. Bear down, bird on. <laughs> or, or rub nod. It's, he, he likes to rub his nod. <laughs> I've actually followed Don around in the Lions chats, guys. I don't know if I told you this. Ask him. I followed around. He's like, what the hell are you doing here? How, you're a subscriber? I'm like, I am today, Don, just to fuck with you. Serious. <laughs> Ask him, man. He'll tell you. <laughs> So, Dan, how you doing tonight, man? Thanks for coming back on tonight. Ah, like I said, last week was weird. I was working the deals out with Ron on those tickets. He wanted some old games from me. But it's like it's going to be a massive project. Like, like Again, not complaining because he's hooking me up with tickets, so it's a fair deal. But he wants 80 games. 8-0. <laughs> so, and I have to do those in real time. So it's going to be a while, which it's, it's a pleasure to do and I think is a fair trade. Uh, but... Uh, a lot of shit to, to get done but again a fair trade on uh for those raiders tickets wow 80 games he wants raiders? the 01 season complete he wants the 06 season complete and then every game i have from 86 88 90 and 97 and 91 complete so there you go i guess time is money right yeah, I gotta get breaks worked on tomorrow too. That blows ass. But beyond that, I'm I'm happy. <laughs> Make a bunch of extra copy those, Dan. <laughs> yeah, I gotta do them in real time. I can't do them on a computer. So like, if the game lasts three hours, it record it's three hours to record it. So it's just yeah. kind of like I've I started out with Super Bowl 41, and right now when I went left at the house, the 06 championship game with New Orleans is recording. I don't even want to watch those anymore. <laughs> like the Super Bowl is so disappointing for me that I just. I've seen it like five times. I don't think I'll ever watch it again except for Devin Hester. I know. That's the best part, right? Even like the first the first quarter is 
fun to watch. They we're up 14 to six. It's like, yeah. Hey, this is a team of destiny. We're going to win it all. And then the rain just kept coming. Yeah. yeah it's an absolute monsoon. Here I'm monsoon on my heart. Yeah. What it was. yeah. Here I'm thinking, Oh, we're going to, we're going to win this game because Peyton Manning doesn't play well in big games. And this is also really shitty weather. Sucks, man. It's just what a heartbreak that game was. <laughs> Devastating. So, Dan, uh, we were just kind of talking about Luke Getze and um, the offense and kind of, you know, where we were going this last year as opposed to going into this year. Uh, some chat questions were posed. Um, what's going to be different? What are we going to see from Getze this different this year? Like, how do you feel about Getze? I, I, I know you're not you're not a big fan of Alan Williams. No, Lou Getzey worried me a little bit last year because his it seemed that his situational awareness was something that a layman like myself could question. Like, for example, we brought, I think I brought this up last week in the game you were at in Atlanta. If Justin Fields is on the sidelines with a cramp and he's getting a massage and like trying to look at the playbook and getting worked on on the sidelines, why is it when you go, as soon as you go back to the game, the first play he gets back in there, the man is got a, he's cramping up and can barely walk. You call a quarterback run off left tackle. It's like, dude, if know your room. If, you're, if your guy's hurt, you've got, you know, uh, I saw someone mention Ebner, not him, but you've got David Montgomery and, and uh, the kid from Virginia Tech, Herbert. Just hand him the ball. Like, wait till he's ready again, you know? I mean. Yeah, I thought that same thing on that play. That's the first thing I thought. I was like, what? Why are you running Justin Fields on that? Exactly. It's just I feel like his play calling, it it's sort of – it's like he's not aware of all the little variables that are happening. Who's hurt? Who's in the game? He just fucking calls shit. Not, not as bad as Matt Nagy, but in a certain sense. And <laughs> Don't be mad at me. I've got to answer the radio station door, so I'll be right here. It is a business. I'll be right back. I'm sorry. <laughs> no that's perfectly awesome that's that's he's at work man so what are you gonna do <laughs> that's I why he sounds like he's at work he's sounds like we're listening to a radio station when he talks well, well with that game that you guys that we were talking about was you don't you don't know what's going on in the guy's head you don't know what Eberflus is telling him he's like oh because we were talking about the tanking. I mean, we just don't know what was going on with that stuff. I, I agree. I mean, I think everybody said when they when he called Justin Fields run, everybody went, what the heck, man? Yeah, but even with tanking. Everybody I know did. Well, you know, with tanking, though, you I don't think you're going to put your QB at right. risk. And that's, that's what I was concerned about because I was like, he is kind of hurt. Now you got him running the ball. Yeah. Don't never had him running the ball on that play. Never. Yeah. Never. Yeah, on that specific play, that that did look like a a called quarterback run. Um, But, you know, a lot of other plays may have been fields checking into a rerun. Just to play a little devil's advocate. That's true. Yeah. But I hope that he didn't do that. I hope he didn't do that in that Falcons game because I remember it well. I was there. Like, like, I, 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 we were so sure they were going to win that game. I, I, we were walking to the the stadium and we looked down over this ravine, like the uh, bridge we were on, down into a parking lot, and it was a sea of Bears fans having a tailgate party, and we were just cheering with them. And 
there was so many Bears fans there. We were certain we were going to win that game. And we, I, I, I think the title to that next show was, How Do We Lose to the Falcons? <laughs> because it was just, it was an automatic win for me. Right. So him to him to come back in after that injury and then run the ball again was very upsetting to me. I agree. All right, I'm back, gentlemen. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Good point, Cliff. Now, we were just talking about how, how upsetting that was that they brought him back in after he ran the ball and got injured and he ran the ball again. Yeah, it's, that's what bothers me. He has no situational awareness, and it feels like at times he gets in love with the same call. Like I've, I've said this before, so it's not like I'm saying something that's like, oh, yeah, this is the most – poignant shit anyone's ever said but that that bubble screen to uh, to mooney it's like every time it comes you're like oh no and everyone can see it it never works but he continually calls it so i'm not very high on getsy as a play caller ha having said that maybe it was year one and and you learn you live you learn and then you you gain from experience right uh, my question to you is dan is uh because it was his first year ever calling plays because it was uh, him trying to figure out what works best for Justin Fields because we had horrible protection and because we had guys who were, were not the best talent-wise. Do you give Getsy a pass or do you think that, well, he already showed who he is? Well, context matters, and there's no doubting that. So you're, everything you're asking is certainly valid points. Uh, but all in all, if this were a course in college, if you, you took all of it together, he gets a C at best because he does get some credit for being on a team that won three games and and things like that it, with the struggling offensive line and inability for the defense to get off the field. And there's always a pressure to score points, et cetera. There's, all this matters. But still, it's not like he helped things either with some of those play calls. And when when we as fans can sit on the couch and watch and see what's coming, how do you think the defensive coordinator from the other team feels? Like, oh, here comes the bubble screen. We've seen this every fucking game like five times. Yeah, pounce on it. It's not like it ever works. It never gains like, oh, that was 12 yards. That's 11 yards. It's always incomplete or, or minus two yards, and we continually run it. And if someone can explain to me why, I'd love to hear it. But, I was just going to ask you, do you think they were just trying to work on that because it never worked? Maybe they're just, they were like, we need this to work to set up something else. And if this play doesn't work, we're not going to be able to get to that next play that we're trying to set this up for, maybe? I can't explain it. I mean, there's nothing <laughs> that it seemed like it was, wasn't leading to anything to me. Yeah. Well, what, what, do you, what, do you, what do you make of the fact that second to Philadelphia, I'm still in this from J2K, by the way, second to uh, Philadelphia, we led the league or we were second in the league in first drive scoring points. So I think that's a credit to uh, Getty. What do you feel about that, though? I mean, where, where do you where's your stance at on that, I guess? I mean, that is, that's great if you can come out and script the first 15 plays and score off of that. I'll take that every week because it felt like under Matt Nagy, we didn't score ever in the first half. It was always like, you know, three points or seven at, at best. So, yeah, again, that's a good point. But the rest of the game has to ensue as well. And if you're not scoring at all, like the rest of the way, you're not winning. 
I'm not saying we're never scoring because there were games like Miami. We lost, what, 35, 32. But just the play calling in itself felt like uh, maybe he was in over his head at times. I mean, it wasn't just me saying that. I remember hearing like Dan Hampton and them suggesting that he should be fired. Like in the middle of last season, Ed, Ed O'Branovich and them, they were like, get this bum out of here. So it wasn't just me saying it, you know? You know what, Dano? Cliff, Cliff brought this up in the chat. The, the guy, that was his rookie season, man. PJ mentioned it. That was his rookie season. I, I got to give him a little slack. But right. my biggest thing is if, if I'm sitting there and I'm him and I'm in this situation, I'm like, man, who the hell can I get the ball to? Justin's the best weapon I got. Uh, anybody who was decent, they, they they take out immediately. So, I mean, think about it from that perspective. Think about it from his spot. Who might, you know, I can't even, I can't, I can't have him to, uh, pass the EQ because he's bad on the brakes. Even if he gets separation, he's bad on the brakes. He got, there was three or four balls, two, three balls that were picked off that EQ got was late on the break for it. So I mean, what weapons did who could who could he go to besides like Monty and Herbert? Think about it. I'm just I, saying. I mean, I, I I try and look at it from all aspects because you got to bring yeah. you got to point out the negatives and the positives. I have, and, I have a question for you, Dan. <clears throat> um, one of the things that uh, makes the Rams' offense work so well is the they were dis- they were able to disguise kind of what the play was because they ran a lot of like two tight end set where you can't you can't really tell what the stronger weak side is right so what if they went like if if you start to see more of that now with tanyan is that something that you know that yeah that, that makes a lot yeah. of sense and i want to agree with foster by the way I, it does all you got to pull uh, point out the positives and the, the the negatives i'm not trying to just pile on i know it was his first season and you're right uh with wide receivers struggling like St. Brown to catch the ball or Pettis to catch the ball and Pringles never healthy. It's just, yeah, I get it. There was just the whole thing. It, it just together was, was average at best though. But to answer your question, Dan, the the strength of the Rams when they were doing uh, well, this is with Jared Goff or even certainly with Stafford when they won the Super Bowl, is that, you know, they'd pop that end around on you out of the same formation where you're going to see, you know, a quick screen or a draw and you kind of didn't know what was coming. Like you said, they could disguise it well to where they ran multiple plays out of the same formation. So everything wasn't obvious. You couldn't mm-hmm. just sit and watch and say, okay, I know what's coming. And they always used misdirection on you, too. Uh, the Joe Gibbs Redskins teams did that shit a lot, too, where you just they'd run that counter trade with Riggins, but, but they had all those little zigzag gadget plays with uh, Gary Clark and, and Art Monk. and uh, But all of it worked because it just had fluidity. And it just seems like a lot of times we're just running plays just to run plays like we're playing Madden. Like the yeah, plays I, don't have synergy. The Rams plays had synergy. I would disagree with you on that, Dan. I think uh, when we were under Nagy, I think it was more running plays. Kind of what Doug Van Dorn was saying there, uh, that Nagy's play calling was kind of predictable, rush, rush, pass. Whereas Getsy, I thought his was more of a, his first time doing it, he's trying to get his feet wet, trying to figure out uh, what he can do, what Justin limit, just his uh, limitations are, while at the same time finding out who his uh, weapons are and trying to provide protection for. I thought he had all these things going on, whereas 
I think it'll get better in the second year, but with as opposed to with Nagy, and it seemed like Nagy was just like, oh, I'm I'm this uh beautiful mind and I want to draw on the chalkboard how many different plays I can come up with. So I think he, he was more like that, unlike what uh guess he was in my I opinion. have I have some pushback on that because Nagy was actually the opposite of that. He wasn't rush, rush, pass, he was pass, pass, rush. Like he would start off the game with two passes in a row and then yeah, yeah. run the ball. Like, what the fuck are we looking at right now? But but seemed like to to Dan's point though, seemed like under Nagy, it was more of like just throwing plays out there as opposed to uh actually having a game plan. Yeah. And you don't think there's a game plan here? For I, that's too strong for me to say that there's no game plan. I, I mean, just like, don't the know game, if the game plan, plan is like, good. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot of people that think that they were tanking, right? Truth. So it's hard almost to not, to argue with that with some of the play calling that you're describing, right, Dan? Yeah, it was the Buffalo game. So yeah. what was that, Christmas Eve? You're playing the team that was favored in so many circles to not only go to the Super Bowl, but to win it. And of course, they were beaten badly at home by Cincinnati. But at the time, you thought this is a Super Bowl caliber team, and they had two opportunities where they got the ball in the red zone. Like the, the Bears are in the, the you know the Buffalo 20. I forget what happened, and then Buffalo gets picked off. Josh Allen gets intercepted. Then we get the ball right back at the 20. We had two possessions from the 20 in, and none of the times, like the six plays or whatever we ran in the red zone, not one pass. So it's like you didn't even take a shot in the end zone. Mm-hmm. It's just run, 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 run. And you're playing a team that, again, was perceived to be Super Bowl ready. And if you're massive underdogs, as the Bears were, then why not fucking try to win it? You know, I mean, if you get these shots, you throw it in the end zone. If Fields is picked off, then so be it. You're going to lose to the team you're supposed to lose to anyway. But why not try to beat them? The way they did against Philadelphia. They played wide open against the Eagles, and they almost won. But they played so conservatively at at other instances that – it was just maddening. It's like you said, they had the, the training wheels on, and they uh, we don't really want to win here, guys. I mean, come on now. But and, honestly, and, I think you're right, Dan. I think they were tanking. I mean, I'm, and a part of me was okay with that. As long as they didn't get Justin Fields killed. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, a part of me was okay with that because at that point, winning – I know you want to build a winning culture. However – me building a winning culture and still do that. I'm just not, I'm trying to also get this first overall pick. So uh, I was okay with it. I mean, I see your point though, man. I, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think, yeah, he could have done certain things that could help win us certain games, but I was okay with losing it in retrospect. Yeah, of course, at the time you're like, yeah, you know, I always want my Bears to win, but if I can get this first round pick or this first overall pick and then flip it, I'm kind of liking that too. I always Um, wanted last year, the way we ran Greg Olson, we would split him outside and, and, and basically post him up and run a fade route with him in the end zone. I'd love to see some of that with Cole Komet because Komet, I was a big detractor because you saw that catch in Atlanta that he had was just amazing. So why not get a mismatch on him in the end zone and just throw it up, man, because he's a big guy. And now you've got Tongan from green Bay I hope they do that. It feels like they don't look to exploit matchups. Uh-huh. They're like, well, we got to have St. Brown in because, you know, he can't catch it all. And, uh, well, maybe he'll block somebody. And it's just like, we'll bring Pettis in because maybe he can 
uh, be a punt returner. Then we've got our third round pick last year who can't do anything, but we're going to have him active. And it's just like, suddenly you have nobody to catch the ball anyway. Yeah. It's hopefully they don't play that game this year. Hopefully everybody that's got hands is fucking active. It seems like, well, they, they Mooney got injured and they, you know, they brought in Claypool and Mooney got injured. Then they were down Mooney, who was their best receiver. And then they're trying to get Claypool up to speed. And it just kind of seemed like, fuck, what do we have to work with here now? You know, it's, you could see it happening in real time in the season. You know, it's like, damn, I don't even have an answer for that either. You know, so. Bayless Jones had that one impressive catch late in the year. Again, I think it was against Philly. It may have been against Buffalo. It's one of those last two games uh, at Soldier Field there. Um, and But every other catch he had, he almost dropped. And it felt like every return he had, he nearly fumbled if he didn't fumble. Right, right. It's just like this guy, man, if he doesn't take a big leap, They've already drafted, it seems like, his replacement anyway. So I wouldn't be surprised if he gets caught. Even though he's a third-round, he's, you know, they're not going to want to admit mistakes, but his play on the field was jarringly bad last season. So, Dan, so this – how we're kind of reformatting the show here is now, like, you are the you are the main guest of the show right now. So ah, thank you. We, we want to have – yeah. You're I've got the best cock, too, right? Yeah, exactly. I'm just here to throw your hat for you. I wouldn't go that far there, bro. I'm just gonna put it out there. I'm not so, going that. Uh, you know. So we have we have some we have some questions saved for you that Kitty saved that like for the chat to interact and ask you some questions and kind of bounce them off of us too. So Kitty, why don't you pull up some of those questions? Um, Leo says, "I want to see Fields throw the ball as soon as he hits his three-step drop and play action. Why didn't Getsy design more of those plays for him?" How many times did we see that in 2022? I think that's rhetorical because I don't know if anyone knows the exact answer, how many times we saw that in 2022. It wasn't enough. (laughs) That's the thing. Fields, to his – if I'm going to be – and I love Fields. I'm wearing a Fields jersey right now. So, But if I'm going to be critical of him, he did hold the ball too long at various points. But, I mean, he's trying to make a play, and the offensive line is bad. So he's trying to break down and either run or throw – but by design, yeah, play action would help, especially when you had Montgomery going well at times and Herbert well at times. And now it looks like the running games should be even better. You signed the kid from Carolina. You drafted this guy everyone's raving about from Texas. And and who knows? Maybe Herbert's the third team back now. I mean, I'm not, I don't want to say that that's a fact, but it's certainly a possibility. So if you're able to pound the rock a little bit, play action would behoove you to, to protect number one for sure. PJ, anybody else? I have something to say to that. I'll go last. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm good on it. Go ahead. Bolster. I totally, I, I, I can't do anything but agree with that. Man. I mean, I'm <laughs> exactly. I say the same thing, dude. I mean, I just, uh, I thought this, I, I, I will say this, Leo, that I thought the same thing last year. I wanted to see him just boom, boom, boom. I said it many times, oh, throw it now, throw it now, throw it now. And there was some times that we saw a receiver that was wide open, but he was looking the wrong direction or, you know, it was the wrong progression or whatever. And there was also some times where you just saw that it wasn't, you know, it wasn't there. Maybe it was something with the receiver that wasn't supposed to be there. So I definitely want to see more of that moving forward this season from him. Boom, 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 throw the ball, boom, 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 throw the ball. And I'm hoping that with the, the work ethic that he has himself and the kind of person that he is, he wants to be great. There's just, he has this it factor. I think we all see it. You know, it's to put him in the Michael Jordan category, I guess, or the, 
you know, one of the greats category that works and they're just going to put their head down, go to work and then look up one day and they're in the Hall of Fame. That's what I see him as. That Just to be yeah. fair, I want to point out, because I do listen to Ed and Dan a lot on WGN. And Ed says that he's like, the kid doesn't have it. Whether you all want to, you want him to have it, that's a different thing. He can't read defenses. He can't hit his third and fourth read. He doesn't have the ability. Now, Hampton, on the other hand, is like, well, if you were running for your fucking life, you wouldn't be able to see the third or fourth receiver either. So these being two Bears Hall of Famers, two Bears legends, even they are split. So I I am hoping that Fields is of the ability to do that, and I think he is. But when you've got Hall of Famers who think he isn't, it, the criticism is fair, unless you're like Chris Sams who just says it just because you want to get clicks. Like, I hate that guy so bad, I literally could fight him. That's how much I don't like Chris Sims. <laughs> Go ahead, Jay Duke. You had something. I heard you were trying to get in there. Yeah, I was just gonna say I don't think you can blame Getzy for a, you know calling a three-step drop back and Fields not hitting the pass right off of that. Um, I did want to go back to Dan's points about uh, the end around the bubble screens. So I think when you look at Getzy and he's designing a playbook for the season with the players that he has, I think he saw a role for Valus Jones being that bubble screen end around guy. Then he got a hamstring injury. I think Getsy kept those plays in the playbook to um, keep him involved when he did come back. And so he involved other guys to run that play in case of injury like Bayless had. Well, I think the issue though is that you just had kind of a talent issue because if EQ is your end around wide receiver and now he's arguably the sixth or seventh wide receiver on this depth chart. I mean, that's that's pretty hard to scheme around or scheme away from. Yeah. Well said. He's like our our, our mini version of Jordan Silvera on the show here, Dan. <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't want to say that. I don't want to put that on anybody. <laughs> It's random trivia time. All right. What do you got for us, Kitty? Bears trivia. Walter Payton leads the Bears in total receptions. So which receiver ranks second on the all-time list? B. C, Johnny Morris. That's what I was going to say, Johnny Morris. Wait, let me read them for the, the people listening in audio. A, Marty Booker, B, Brandon Marshall, C, Johnny Morris, or D, Curtis Conway. All right, go ahead. I guys. loved Curtis Conway, by the way. Hmm. I'll say B. Which C, which Johnny Morris? B is Brandon Marshall. Uh, I'm going with Johnny Morris at C. I'm going with Johnny Morris at C too. Yeah, I think I gotta agree with you, Johnny Morris. I don't think he's part of my era, but my backup would be Marty Booker because I know that he had an you know over a hundred uh receptions in one year. Two years. All right, Two let's years. get the chat. 01 and 02. Nice. Before we uh, before we move on, we got a C from Chips Ahoy Boy. We got a B from Mr. Mayhem. Uh, Doug Van Dorn says Marty Booker A. Cliff C. says Morris. Luigi says Marty Booker too. Yeah, Cliff says uh, Morris. If Cliff's saying Morris, he's 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 old as dirt like you guys so. Johnny Morris led receptions and all that stuff until Peyton broke it dude and he still led stuff after that I know it man. 
It's got to be Johnny Morris. He was awesome. All right, what's the answer? Johnny flanker. Morris. Played flanker. What's the answer, Kitty? Ah, yeah. Johnny Morris. Shut up, great, sir. Great you just, happy, you just too. happied me and Dan, fucker. Yes. <laughs> Johnny Morris is still the leading, all-time leading receiver in pretty much every category for the Bears. So, well, I just want to say for the record, I just purposely uh, gave the wrong answers for you guys can look good. So you know, I was actually doing my part tonight. <laughs> Responses at pjloadacrap.com. <laughs> no, no, I will say based upon. PJ saying Brandon Marshall had Marshall spent more time with the Bears, he would have owned all those records. Absolutely, Dan. How long was he here? Was he here and three years? Wasn't quarterback. Twelve, thirteen, and fourteen. But I mean, it was Jay throwing him all those passes. So, well, I think that was by putting him in there was almost a trick question because at the time, or by the end of his career with the Bears, wasn't he actually probably over Johnny Morris in some of those categories? But are they lumping him in there as his Bears career, which is only two or three years? Because that just that doesn't make him the all-time best in that category, right? It's how many receptions he had as a Bear, right? Yeah, he didn't have enough time with the Bears, but yeah. he's still in, in pure talent, especially in our lifetime, was the best Bears receiver we've ever had, and just pure talent. Like yeah. To me, I think that's unquestionable. Uh, right. But, again, he was only there between 2012, 13, and 14, so – it's unfortunate that whole squad could have been better with Alshon and, and Booker, or I'm sorry, uh, Martellus Bennett out and Cutler and Forte. They they had a squad, man. But you know what? I'm willing to bet Brandon Marshall is probably still in the top ten of our receivers. Well, yeah, probably. he's trying to come back too. I don't know if you all saw that. He was yearning right. to play for the Jets and said, "If I play tight end this year, I could catch a hundred balls." What? Wow. Okay. He says he wants to win a Super Bowl with with Rodgers, and Rodgers could help him win it. So correct me if I'm wrong. He never made the playoffs ever as a player. Correct. That's unfortunate, but true. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Dan, yeah. uh, you want to? What time do I come back again? So so the final hour at 11 p.m. Eastern time. We'll, we're going to do the uh, shoot the shit end of the uh, end of the show. We're all just going to hang out and shoot the shit, talk bears, talk whatever, talk talk food, talk life. So, yeah, come, come on back at 11 in, let's see, an hour. All right, friend. guys, my pleasure talking with all of you. I gave you a fist bump that you couldn't see, but I assure you it was there. Appreciate Thank you coming you on. We'll see you all, all right, be back with you. Thanks. All right, so I'm not, Doug, So let's see. Um, Brian Gilmore is our next guest. Um, until 1030, you told him, right? Yeah, 1030, but I told him if you wanted to come on. I think he wanted to come on at 1030. So if you still want to come on at 1030, we can definitely have you on then. And then, uh, shit, guys. Oh, was, is that him right now? Yep, that's him. Yes, it is. All right, well, let's was bring it on. No, no. That was him in the chat, huh? Yeah, that was oh, Brian in the chat. Yeah, yeah he's oh, okay. in the chat. He's been in the chat. No relation to anybody in Pink Floyd, huh? <laughs> <laughs> what is up, Brian, our newest guest from chat? Thank you. Can you, you hear, hear us? You, sir. Can you hear us? No. We can hear, Welcome, we can Brian. Hear you, Brian. Can you hear us? Testing one, two. Testing one, two. Hello. Can you hear us? Can you hear us? He can't hear uh, us. We, had this we had this problem earlier with his uh, 
connection. How do we? How did you figure that out? Did you reset your internet? Put it on speaker. Oh, you put it on speaker. Put it on speaker. Put it on speaker last time. What he said. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, there you go. You got it. You're on. We can hear you now. Come on. He can't hear us. He can't hear us. See, this is why you have to have pre-production meetings. But we it worked in the pre-production meeting. All right, you can hear me. Yeah, we can hear you. Can you hear us? Yeah. Um, let me get back. <laughs> <laughs> now you see. Now you don't. Let me get back. Uh, to be... So we'll have Brian on in a second. Uh, he's our newest guest from chat. Um, anyone who wants to join the show. You can email us at bearscountrypodcast at gmail.com and you can be a part of the show too. Kitty, what do you have to say? May I run the Chris Watts promotion? Please do. The Chris while Watts GoFundMe promotion. Okay. Really quick while we wait. Okay. That's right. That's a Chris Watts GoFundMe. We're trying to get him here for a Bears game. We're trying to get him here in October. Probably the Raiders game. Maybe the Vikings game. Definitely going to go to the barroom event. But any little bit, even five bucks, helps this British bloke come from Yorkshire, England to Chicago to see the Bears. And it's it's going to be exciting when he does. I tell you what. It's, it's going to be a life-changing event for him. So we appreciate everybody who has donated because we're up to like 800 bucks now, I think. So, Absolutely. But we still, are, if we reach our goal of like at least 1,500, we'll be, we should, that should do it. So anybody who's willing to offer up a little bit, we appreciate you. Thank you very much. Can you hear us now, Brian? Sure can. Excellent. All right. Cool. All right. I got a question for you, Brian, right off the top. First question yeah. is, what got you to be a Bears fan? Hmm. Okay, so I didn't like sports at all until I got to about the age, uh, somewhere between 10 and 13. Then sports kind of like started to click. And um, for me, like I told um, Dan when I was in the production meeting, the first time I ever seen Sweetness, Water Peyton, I was hooked. There was it, was, it wasn't anything else. And then after I was hooked on sweetness, then they came with the defense. My goodness. You got to be <laughs> kidding me. Wow. That's all you can say about that. You can't go wrong there. I'll tell you that. You can't no. Go wrong there. Absolutely not. Took the globe by storm. That's how Chris Watts became a fan, too. Yeah. He put it on our age. It was definitely something incredible. So, Brian, where are you from? 
Well, I was getting ready to say hello all the way from Ohio. <laughs> Ohio! Yeah. You don't see too many Bears fans. Every once in a while you do. <laughs> yeah, I guess we should, we should have started up by saying, Brian, welcome to the show. It's great to see you. Great to have you on the show, and thank you for emailing us to join us. This is what we're trying to do here. So you are an example of this, and this is awesome. So uh, did you did you grow up in Ohio? Yeah, it's definitely my pleasure. And yes, I grew up. And uh, well, let's see. Um, I want to say fifth uh, or no, forty out of forty-seven out of my fifty-one years have been in Ohio. I actually lived in Don Burr's town <laughs> for four years. <laughs> I feel sorry for you, bro. <laughs> Believe it or not, I did not convert to a Lions fan. Good thing. I don't see why you would. But right. fortunately, fortunately for him, I am a Michigan fan. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's crazy how the Bears just create fan. They've created so many fans with the '85 team, right? And that the Walter Payton and and Jim McMahon's. Right, it's uh, Dan Aguirre became a fan of the Bears because of Jim McMahon from Virginia, you know. It's crazy. So it's crazy, and the Bears not only helped to start the NFL here, but then they, they helped to start the NFL in Europe too, which I'm, I you know, sad for Chris Watts. I don't like, I don't like the NFL in Europe. It's if they want to add another team there, that's going to be ridiculous because it's going to be too much travel for the players, and that's a whole different subject. But um, well, you know, the NFL tried that once, right? With their European league, yes, <laughs> yeah, didn't work out so well. Yeah, well, that was all the castoffs from the NFL, though. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, hey, hey Katie, if you can uh, highlight what uh. Chips Ahoy boy said there, uh, I started. Uh, <laughs> I just want to say, I got you, Chips Ahoy boy. I'm with you. Sweetness in the D. <laughs> mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, Sweet. you know, probably 85% of that defense should be in the Hall of Fame. That's not, that's not a homer saying that. That's like facts. Like, I was just reading some of the stats and reading the names behind the stats. Like, our corners, they weren't, like, the greatest, but they had 20 interceptions that year alone. And the main reason is because of the front line and the linebacking crew, obviously. Mm -hmm. Right. But it does not negate the fact that they had 20 interceptions that yeah, that dominance they, they had to catch the ball, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think we had about what 80 sacks, 72 sacks, something like that. Something yeah. crazy. We had a whole <laughs> bunch of sacks that year, too. It was yeah. nuts. Yeah. Yeah. And it's crazy that statistically the 86 team was better. I think they had more sacks in 86. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Well, that's when uh Fridge was a year and two his uh but yeah, that was the second year. So yeah, I can see that. I can see well, that. Buddy was gone, if you guys remember. Yeah. Yeah, who became the uh, defensive coordinator? Uh, oh, man. 
Come on, J2K. That was their best statistic defense, too. I don't uh, remember his name. You, get, you know who it is. Oh, come on. Help us out here in chat. It wasn't Vince Tobin, was it? It was Vince Tobin, yes. It was Vince Tobin? I think it was Vince Tobin. I may be wrong. <laughs> yeah, it was look, Vince Tobin, dude. Huh? Uh, I didn't check, but it was Vince Tobin. Get that man a cookie. <laughs> so, so uh, Brian, I'm all right, go ahead, uh, Dan. No, go ahead, PJ. So, so uh, Brian, what do you think of uh, Luke Getzey? Okay, so there's a, a whole, like I said in the chat at the very beginning, there's a whole lot of different factors in what happened last year. And, like, you get, if you're a fan, you got to be a fan. You can't be a fan only when they're good. And then complain all the time when they're bad. And like what what I'm saying is, just look at the straight up facts. Okay, Ryan Poles, first year GM. Matty Refluse, first year head coach. Luke Getzley, first year offensive coordinator in the NFL. And then you have um, oh, Alan Williams. Yeah, Alan Williams, which is not his first year, obviously. Yeah. But it is his first year under Eberflux, okay, as far as the defensive coordinator goes. Okay, so you got all of that. So all of these people are kind of feeling themselves out and kind of like trying to see, throw stuff at the wall and see what it sticks type deal, okay? Now, on top of that, how many players did we have that were brand new? If they weren't brand new to the team, they were surely brand new to the system. Okay? Mm-hmm. You, right. got, you got Fields working on, what, his third offensive system? In second or third. Second yeah. or third. Yeah. Okay. Then, then you got a brand new, except for Mooney, and except for um, Komet, well, and then the running backs. Other than that, everybody else in their receiving core was brand new right. to our system. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, Preach it. I'm sorry? Preach it. Okay. So, <laughs> so now... Everybody's like, for me, I was really excited about um, seeing polls and seeing Eberflus and this whole thing starting off. But you have to temper your excitement to know that there are going to be bumps in the road. And last year was a bump in the road. Now this year, we're going to see a vast change. We got we got rid of what ninety percent of the old regime's defense, okay? And let's not forget that the old regime's defense was a three-four defense, okay? <laughs> We've switched defenses like two, <laughs> three times in the last four four years. <laughs> to, <laughs> and right. Exactly. And so we're running a defense to be a 4-3, 
with three, four defenders. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now on top of that, not only are we doing that, but we're also getting rid of high priced aging veterans that do not fit our system. And now we're plugging in brand new young drafted players into that system. Okay. So I'm just kind of like explaining everything out like as logically as I can to help you to see that yes, that defense was horrendous when we got rid of Mac and Roquan and um Quinn. Okay. We got rid of those three guys and man, we fell off a cliff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. But then we started to see little sparks of, like, what Everflus really wants out of his defense. Mm -hmm. We saw, well, at the very beginning, we saw what um, the the rookie, the kid on the end, he had a flash there at the beginning. And if if I believe, I really do believe this, Alex Jones. Oh no! On the defensive end. Okay. Yeah. Uh, What? Dominique Robinson. Yes. Okay. So he had that spark that very first game, and I really, truly, honestly believe that if Quinn had been there the whole year, you would have seen a whole lot more from Dominic Robinson and probably Travis Gibson because they don't move into that number one slot as far as the defensive end goes, right? Right. You, you agree with that, right? Yes. Yeah, because I think they would have been. I think they would have been more re, uh, reserved. I think you know, limited spot, limited. I, I think it would have been more limited as far. Obviously, as obviously, last year the middle was just a real big problem for us, right? And we, like I said, I don't mean to beat a dead horse, but we were running with a three-four defense. On a four-three defense, like you cannot <laughs> expect great things. The first yes, there are, always a transition. Yeah. Yes, there there are there are players that can run both systems. Yes, I I can say that, but to expect every single player that we had that was run, running a three-four to automatically just be like, oh, oh yeah, we're running a four-three now. Okay, let's all just dominate. No, we're not doing that. Well, that's going to take time. I and Poles, look, Poles told us right from the very beginning, you got to be patient. You, this right. is going to take time. This is not a quick fix. We've had quick fixes in the past, right. and look where those got us. I agree. But I, I think that's part of what Poles did was by changing so many players, he brought in the 4-3 system. So a lot of the players that we had in our 3-4 were no longer here. Because that's what polls, that's why polls got rid of them and brought in four or three guys. But my next question for you is this real quick. Where do you think our offense is going with Getze? I mean, what do you um, think would be the improvements under Getze uh, come this year? So um, the way that I see um, us as a team for this year is exactly very, very, very similar to what Detroit was last year. 
<laughs> and what I what I mean by what I mean by that is Detroit the year the prior year before Detroit last year uh-huh. Detroit lost a whole bunch of really close games if you remember I don't know if you guys tracked Detroit or not but they lost a boatload of one one to seven point right. games okay. And that's where we were last year. As bad as we were, we were still in, what, 75% of those games? It wasn't like we were bad to the point of we were getting blown out of the water bad. That's how I, that's how I said at the beginning of the show. It's like it was the it's like the best 3-14 and 14 team I've ever seen. Hey, uh, yeah, exactly. Brian, Brian, hold on a second. You're out of here, buddy. You get to talk. You want to sit up here and say, compare us to Detroit. You got to get out of here. All right. Uh, I'm not comparing <laughs> us to Detroit. I'm just saying we are in the same position that Detroit was. That's not I, comparing I, us with Detroit. Jared Goff just, that's, he ain't going nowhere. I'm sorry, but Don Burns, he's not going anywhere. Again, we're going to have to get rid of you. The he only just trying to pull somebody out. Brian, he's been dying to pull somebody out. He had to do that to you. I had you. I had you. No, 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 biggie. The only place Don or uh, um, the only place Jared Goff is going is probably eventually he's going to be on his way out of Detroit because Hendon Hooker is going to be their next quarterback. You, you know this, right? <laughs> like, like this isn't like first time knowledge or the news to anybody. Right. They, they drafted Hooker for a reason, and that was to eventually replace Goff. Okay, so as far as the offense goes, you asked me, what do I expect out of Getsy? What I expect out of Getsy is now I expect him to know his players. I, know, I expect him to know the players that were there last year. I expect him to know their tendencies. I expect him to know what they can and what they cannot do. And when we talk about like his play calling, this was the first time last year. So now this year, he should have a better understanding of what works in the NFL and what does not work. So throw those things out that you don't like that don't work for you, and focus on what does work for you in fields, and just realize that. We got one heck of a lot better of a team now than what we started off with last year. And you, and if you want to say last year, why didn't why didn't we have a better team last year? Why didn't we get those players? Why didn't we change like all all of our team around? Well, I'll give you one very very big clue to that, and that is Ryan Pace. Ryan Pace, Ryan Pace. I'm sorry. Did you mean to say Pace or Poles? I'm saying Ryan Pace. Uh Ryan Pace is the reason we didn't have the opportunity to do as much as what we could have done because he traded away all our picks. He spent all of our money. We We were to the point where we had to get rid of players to add players. Mm hmm. Right. Okay. We, we couldn't go from a 3-4 to a 4-3 and expect Khalil Mack, who hadn't really performed up to his expectations year in, year out, in a 3-4 to 
actually be a defensive end and a four three, right? And a high paid and a high paid end at that. Well, right. he wasn't uh pro bowl. He made he made the pro bowl as a defensive end in uh Oakland when he was out there one year. Yeah. Right, in his prime. And he was I mean, right. what was his best season was his first four games or his first season right. with with the Bears. After that he's it was injury injury list every other week for Mac. Like, and that's not Mac. I don't know that that's really Mac's fault, but I don't know that that's anybody else's fault either. Your best availability, or yeah, you know, your best ability is availability. Being able to keep your body as your temple and do oh, what you have to do to be on that field is part of why you get paid what you get paid, right? Right, right. Yeah, exactly. All right, my next question for you, Brian. I'm sorry, guys. If you guys got a question for him, just go ahead and ask. But uh, we, we have some, I'm sure we have some questions from chat for him, too. Yeah, well, let me go ask you a question real quick. Brian, currently, on the Bears' current roster, who is your favorite player? What's that? I'm sorry. Who is your favorite player on the current roster? On the current roster? Um. Well... This isn't really a tough one. This is uh, sealed all the way, and, and then it's followed up right up right behind there with the new guy at middle linebacker. Like, mm, I mean, Jermaine Edmonds. Yeah, yeah, Edmonds, and more. More is just gonna be just gonna grow on me. Like he's just it's. it's He's gonna grow like wildfire. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Maybe I'm telling you, if you've ever watched the, if you've ever watched Carolina, he did some incredible things with nothing. Right. Like he, he had, he had worse than what the Bears had. Mm -hmm. Did you? Did he say? Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you, Brian. Did you say uh, DJ Moore is your first answer? No, Fields. no. I said yeah. Justin Fields. Oh well, we can't count the quarterback. We can't count. Oh, no, we can't. We can't count. Can't count. Uh, that's uh, rude, man. I didn't. I, I didn't know there was rules. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. My fault. My my, my fault. My fault. You got to explain the rules first. Oh, DJ. Yeah. oh that, that's on me. That's on me. So <laughs> it's it's a really close tie for me. It's probably Edmonds and Moore are my my favorite players on both sides. You could say that both sides. There you go. There's my two soon-to-be favorites on the team. Are you going to buy a jersey? What's uh, that? Are you going to buy a jersey of either one of them? Yeah, it's possible. Okay. <laughs> okay. I was just wondering. I honestly, I honestly would like to buy a Walter Payton jersey if I was going to buy a jersey. Like, you know how when you go out and you buy a jersey, a guy's there for – Couple, two, three, four years. Then next thing you know, he's on this fifth team. You know what I'm saying? Um, that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at right there. I can't stand that. And then you own uh, uh, Mitchell Trubisky jersey. <laughs> <laughs> and then everybody's looking at you like, he's not on the Bears. I have a Mitch Trubisky jersey, and I was at the first game of the season against the Niners. Mm -hmm. I feel bad for you. Somebody's wearing a Trubisky jersey. They just took a, a shitty piece of uh, masking, just masking yeah. paper, the yellow kind. Yeah. They, they, they just big badly rope clay pool over it. Oh, my God. 
Jeez. Well, like I said, if I was going to buy a jersey, which I really do want to buy a jersey, it would be Sweetness. There is no other bear ever that I would ever want mm-hmm. more than, as far as their jersey goes, is Sweetness. He, he was, to me, the bear. There yeah. wasn't, like, Buckus was the bear. Right. But Sweetness was the bear to me. Mm-hmm. Sweetness in the D. Mm-hmm. Can't deny it, man. Everybody feels the same way. Sweetness in the D. Why is that funny, PJ? You already, <laughs> know. Your head. You already know. <laughs> I honestly don't. Are you serious? You don't know why that's funny? No. Sweetness in the D? Sweetness in the D. P in the V. P in the V. Sweetness in the D. Oh it's my god, hilarious. look at the anatomy of a man and a woman. Sometimes he's I don't know where this how that's like <sighs> how is a woman pointing this out? Foster man, you're foster. Shorty, how do you not catch PJ. that? There, there could be a dick involved. How do you not catch I mean, it, right, PJ? I caught it instantly and I laughed. I'm like, it's clever, it's clever. <laughs> S and the D and the P. Hold on, no. skip it. How, how in the world does your wife catch it and not you? <laughs> oh man! Oh my goodness! How many other people did that go? Is it just me? It was, Arthur, did you get that? Probably just you. Did you get that? Did you see me going chuckling? Yeah, yeah I, I got, got it. You got it, but I was chuckling. Trust so, me. Did you Metro get thinks you're a virgin, hun? So you know. Oh man, I I always see you guys are. You guys are like well tuned to paying attention to every because you're you're waiting for it. Usually I'm used to running a show, and now I have Kitty back, so I'm I'm on top of you now, PJ. I'm on top. Wait, what do you mean? How are you married to this guy, Kitty? How are you married to him? He makes me laugh. Okay, we'll accept that. (laughs) You guys got to remember. You guys got to remember who the host is. You got to start respecting the host, right, Dan? <laughs> Thank you, you, Dan. <laughs> I'm just saying, Chips Ahoy Boy was the first one to say it in the chat. And yeah, yeah he sure was. And that was a while ago, too. Right. So bad with it. I, you know, there's nothing that I love more than like when I hear you getting J2K chuckling because we can't see his face. You know, so you just hear like that. Um, I, I do have a question that I saved uh, transitioning back into the more conversation. It's from Cliff, so I'm going to pull it up, you guys. Even my own mammy didn't get it. Uh, I thought it was about the schedule. Absolutely. I need to read this for audio. You guys agree that adding more is going to give Justin a guy he can count, he can count on? Nobody else is open. More will be open and where he should be. Correct. Absolutely. And not only that, but if Moore is the guy that he has been, it's going to make everybody else fall into place. Really, honestly, like, that's all you can, that's all you can hope for is that if he is the dependable guy that he has been, everybody else is going to want to be there. You know, um, Justin Fields himself has talked about the short passing game. And 
DJ Moore is going to open that up for him dramatically. Well, you know, um, his biggest flaw to date was the mid-round or the middle area, and that's where Moore feasted. Moore feasted like 75% of the catches that he caught were right in the middle where Fields just didn't have it. Mm-hmm. And I think you get if, if you get more and Justin on track, you're going to see Justin blow up as far as the mid, middle passes go. Mm-hmm. I think this year is something to look forward to. And I think that Getsy is going to be the X factor to that because it's going to be year two in this offense. And I think he he's going to be he's going to add a lot to what the Justin Fields passing game is going to look like in this season. It's so, year two. It's year two for him and it's year two for Justin. And mm-hmm. that's usually where a quarterback takes their biggest leap is that second year in the offense. Mm-hmm. I was, I was Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just wanted to. Okay. I was watching Hulk and Johns, and they said that uh, in the OTA uh, practice that they saw, Fields threw the ball more to DJ more than anyone else. <clears throat> Kitty, do you have any questions for um, for Brian before we sign him off? And for unless he wants to come back for the last hour, I have a question. Oh. Yeah, go ahead, JT. And a compliment. So yes. The compliment, I think, when you brought up the coaching, all being um, rookies, I think Alan Williams was the only coach that we have on the team that took a lateral move. And you're 100% right that everybody else took a step up. Chris Morgan yep. was assistant line coach coming over to Green Bay. Um, are you sh- shaking your head no, PJ? I'm no, I'm saying, I'm saying yes. Alan, Alan exactly. Williams, he, Alan Williams was a defensive back coach in Indiana. I mean, Indiana. yeah, under Eberflus, he was under Eberflus. Yeah. Eberflus yeah. was a defensive coordinator, so they all took that same lead. But um, Alan, Alan, uh, Alan Williams was a defensive coordinator with Minnesota back right. a while back. Correct. So he Correct. did take well in that sense a lateral move. Everybody, else, nobody else is coached above their position they are at right now right i believe that's pretty true so i thought that was a good point my question for you brian is who do you think is going to have a breakout season as far as skill players on the offense excluding say justin fields and dj moore who's the next guy you think is going to be a a star someone who breaks out Mm. good question yeah, that, that is a really good one. Um, I see there is – I'm not going to pinpoint a name. I'm going to tell you one of the other three receivers is going to benefit greatly from DJ Moore taking on the number one defender. And it's really honestly should be Mooney that, that like because he's been there, he's done that type deal. And you've seen the numbers before. And then he regressed last year because of being the number one uh, wide receiver. So with him being put back in his place where it's either number two or number three, 
I mean, you, you pick if you're saying Claypool's your number two or if you're saying Mooney's number two, whatever it is. Mooney should be the player that benefits the most from more. And the reason why I say that is because obviously he's taken the number one defender, but also he's he he and Komet are um, fields of safety blankets. They're the ones that anytime Fields is like, oh, holy cow, I don't know what to do. And this is the like the past two years. He they have been the ones that was like, okay, this is where I'm going. If if nothing else is there, if I don't see anything. I'm either going there or I'm taking off like last year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't mean to not, I don't mean to avoid answering like with a name, but I obviously, honestly really didn't. I, 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 I feel like Mooney takes that leap again, maybe even to a greater extent because of more and that second year for Fields. I guess that's where I'm at with that. Was did you say that you were one of the defensive, or do you, were you just talking player overall? Just, just awesome. But I think that was a great answer. I have a follow-up question. If you guys don't mind. <laughs> um, comparatively, as far as seasons, how excited are you for this upcoming season? Okay, so I'm excited for this season, but if like. The fan of me wants them to go, you know, eleven and six. Well, obviously, if, if it was the fan of me, I'd want them to be what seventeen and zero. But anyways, the fan of me wants them to do like incredibly well. But the realist in me saying that even though they're in the right direction, I feel like they're right in the range of 500 maybe a little better but oh, oh, oh. see that's when you get removed <laughs> <laughs> i actually agree with brian but oh <laughs> you're gonna kick me out yeah that's when you get removed too all right we got 11 and the six home, right guys the home removal, 11 and six <laughs> <laughs> but but really honestly we have to look at the glaring hole the glaring hole is until until something gets fixed, defensive end, pass rusher. But if you don't have that, you're 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 not gonna be eleven and six. Yeah, let's look at the glaring hole there. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. He got Patrick. Really, right really honestly, honestly though, like I look forward to seeing how Justin improves. I I really look forward to seeing how the running back line, um, room shapes out because man, yeah. we got we got three really good running backs. Mm-hmm. I'm not discounting uh, what's his name the the huh? trust well, Ebner. I am discounting Ebner, <laughs> but the Homer. I'm I'm not really like I feel like he's a special teams guy and maybe. On occasional, uh, on occasion, like third, third down, pass block, maybe catch out of the backfield, but he's not going to be there all the time. It's not going to be a situation where you're seeing every single third down, because we got that other horse that's mm-hmm. going to be be vying for time with mm-hmm. Roshan. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like he, he, there, 
they're not going to leave Roshan out. Mm-hmm. No, they're going to give him as many opportunities as anybody else in that backfield. The preseason draft, will be fun to watch with him. That's they, a drafted, they drafted him for a reason. Yeah. They they handpicked him for a reason. Yep. So, um, guys, should we keep him on until the the last the last hour, or should we sign him off, have him come back on? Let's. What do you guys think? Yeah, you guys, what, you guys have more questions for him? He seems to be on a roll here. Yeah, we can bring him back. Okay. Cliff brought so, up something about looking at the schedule this year, not the schedule, but how easy it is supposedly. Mm-hmm. That was a cool, somebody. It was started. I don't know who started, but I saw it in there. Um, were there any questions for Brian before he he hops out for a little bit, Kitty? Do we have time? Okay. What is the trivia question? How many coaches did Mike Ditka have in 1964? Catches, yeah. I'll, I'll answer this last. I would I would say one coach. How many catches did Mike <laughs> have in 1964 when he set the NFL record for the most receptions in a season by a tight end? A 73, B 75, C 78, D 82. I'm gonna go 73, and the reason being is we haven't really had a quarterback in our whole history of Bears fandom besides me, if you want to count Sid Luckman. But that's that's just my personal guess is a 73. I'll go I'll go after you, Foster. J2K, what do you guys think in chat? We got a couple of D's. 82. Foster. Man, I, I don't know off the top of my head, um, but I would agree with Brian on 73. Just because back then, I don't think the passing offense um, was where it is obviously nowadays. So I would go with the lowest number on the board. 73, you're going with A? Yeah. Two A's. I thought thought it was 75B. DJ? I would say I would go with the D. Yes, 82. I'm going to go with the D. Mm. 82. <laughs> chat, chat. Good smile. <laughs> Look, he tried. He tried to peg the dick thing on me in the beginning. Like, why, why does everything always have to do with you and Dick, shorty? <laughs> it's like Beavis and Butthead with him. <laughs> okay, so I guess chat- this would be this would be a good time to point out that Dick was one of those top ten receivers too. Yeah. <laughs> So, so he was also all time, also, all time receiving. Yeah, he was also yes. a great tight end. Yes, he did. Yes, he was a great tight end. That we're talking about Ditka. Okay, he so, opened holes. We've got a bunch of chat. Yeah, he did. He got great penetration too. Oh boy. Chat says uh, D. We got we got a bunch of D's. 82, 82, 82. We got uh, Brittany's. Or sorry, Chip's always saying D. Doug Van Dorn says D. Retro says 82. Cliff says it's 75. I know Ditka. I'm going to go with 75. I'm going to go with B. Because remember the, the number used to be 70 catches, right? That used to be the high number. And then it became 100. 
right now it's probably like 120 or something but i remember that being a benchmark number for a receiver so i think that Ditka was five over that number so i'm gonna go with b so kitty what's the answer this is great because i don't have the book so i don't know what the answer is 75 yeah good job those you got it right good job i'm two you guys want to keep score of this i'm two for two <laughs> no, we, don't, we don't want to keep scoring man. Hey, let's keep in mind you are the host too, so you should have you should have a little uh, prior knowledge of stuff, right? <laughs> I mean, this is literally my wife bought me a mic one day and said, "I was oh. like, what is this for?" She's like, "To do a podcast." I was like, "Why? What is a podcast?" <laughs> She's like, "Stop talking to me about the fucking bears. I don't care about their stats. You need to find friends." <laughs> that's what you guys are for <laughs> that's why she gave you the mic exactly go make some bears friends get, get me out of it I'm, I'm, she's producing the show again right she's back for more <laughs> and now you roped her into this <laughs> she, she 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 admits it's fun I, there, i've heard some of the most guttural laughs from her on the other room i tell you <laughs> so she can't deny that <laughs> Well, hell, we're almost we're like twenty minutes to uh, to the last segment when we're gonna do the shoot the shit segment. So, uh, Brian, you want to hop off for a little bit? We'll kind of wrap this up here with us, and then you want to come back for the final hour. All right, that's fine. All right, cool. You don't even have to, you don't even have to leave the studio. We can just pull you out, and we'll, we can just mute you. There you go. So, guys, you brought in, you brought in Dan there. There you go. <laughs> so guys like it means the overall optimism seems to be pretty good about what we have going here with getsy right i like what dan brought to the the segment there when he was kind of giving us some of the things to think about the opposite perspective of right because we all just want to be positive right we're all you're the ultimate homer until you met your match with shay pj hey, hey. i'm a homer you're a homer wouldn't you like to be a homer too? Yes, I am. <laughs> Who else here is a homer in chat? Let's get to some of those chat questions. Let's see. Doug Van Dor says the little arrow is pointing towards E, and while that has always stood for excellent in my book, I'm afraid that means we're out of gas. Oh, come on, Doug. What? That's what? that's not you, Doug. That's not you. We, so he says we even have a a running back who's a homer. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, can we can we touch on the schedule this year briefly? Yeah, not, not not the the schedule, but just like, like everybody's saying it's easy. Do you guys remember last year we had the second easiest schedule going into the season? And what was it by the time the season ended? The second toughest or fourth toughest? So. They talk about it being an easy schedule for us next year. We can talk that all we want because we're looking at this year's stats. Mm -hmm. You don't you don't know that. I was looking at a couple of teams the other day and some stuff, and I was going, "Wow, I got another game I got to look at with the Bears, and that's Atlanta." But I, I don't know. I just I just want to touch on it because Cliff and a couple of the other people in the chat were talking about it earlier. 
Um, I think it was, I think it was even, I think Kitty even started, but just, I wanted to get anybody else's take on it. If you guys are concerned about it or you think it's, you think like how many of these teams are going to be, I'm, I'm touching myself. Well, I, I was last year, I predicted 11 and six because I thought we had the Packers early in the season at home or in, in Green Bay, that's the best time to beat them is when the weather is nice and they're facing a new team and they don't know what to expect from this offense and or defense. And what's up, King Pookie? King and, Pookie. Um, and I thought we would be able to get a few wins right out of the gate. The Niners, we won that game. And then I thought we were going to beat the Packers. I thought we would have a quick start and build up some wins. And that would get us to the, the latter point of the season when teams are starting to figure us out and then we would start to lose some games. But I thought we would, I honestly did think we would be 11 and six because of that. Plus they added the extra game. They added the extra playoff opening, you know, so that changes the dynamic of every season now moving forward, not just last. So that was why I literally thought we could, we could scarce, we could sneak in and kind of get some wins that nobody thought we would get and then build off that momentum with the quarterback that we have. And it just, it didn't, it didn't pan out that way. And that doesn't mean that, I mean, we all came to 11 and six again, collectively J2K. I'll pull you out. I'll pull you out. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, I think there's reason for optimism this year. We could all, fuck, we, we don't, we don't even know what an offense looks like. The, the closest thing that we have to an offense is the Mark Trustman era with, um, Jay Cutler and the his what the hell is it? We just we were just talking about him. His wide receiver, Marshall. 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 Yeah. Marshall. Forte. Forte. Bennett, Forte. Yes, that we still have the defense form, intact for the yeah. That was the that NFL was, figured the NFL figured Trestman out pretty quickly in year two. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. But we it was like, holy shit, this is a real offense in that first year, right? And we, we just keep getting fooled and fooled and fooled. And here I thought we were going to come out of the gates last year and be awesome. And we weren't. And it's who knows, like we can sit here and be homers all we want. But in the end, what's going to really happen this season? It's are we going to be sitting here again next year going, oh, fuck. I, mean, I thought Justin Field was at least thrown for 25 touchdowns, you know. <laughs> but you know what? I think I think every room has improved, right. whether it's yep. running back room, defensive line room linebacker room wide receiver room every room has improved from last year so that's why i'm so more much more optimistic than i was last year because last year i didn't think we was going to do that great because i'm like seemed like every room kind of got worse last year because well, he was he was getting rid of people in my opinion we just we just overestimate everybody overestimated that i know overestimated the talent that was on the team I, I had them winning eight or nine games. I think the year before I only had them winning five. So I, I you know, yeah. But again, how many times? How many of those games were seven games? I'm just Swifty, Swifty in the house. What is up, Swifty? You never late. You never late, Swifty. It's just time for you to fuck off. I got something to say to Swifty. I got something to say to Swifty. I watched this video right. This Swifty, you know, I always watch your videos because you're my guy. But uh, when you talked about Montgomery being uh, him, uh, the comments he made, 
him not being loyal or something along those lines. My, my point is this. I think players equate loyalty or uh, a team being there for them in money. That's the only that's the only thing they relate to. If you don't give them adequate enough money for them, they will say you're not you 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 don't uh, appreciate me. That's what it is. Appreciation. You don't appreciate me if you're not giving me enough money. That's how players equate because they like, hey, you know, it's it's a short-lived career, so let me make as much money as I can to show me that you want uh, that you appreciate me. Pay me as much money as I can as I can get. I agree with that, man. But there's there's a there's, yeah, it's a few there's ways, a few ways you could do it. Go ahead, J two. Sorry, I was just going to say it was a two-way street, but really quick, Foster, I wanted to touch on the easy schedule. I think that the amount of miles we travel, we have the easiest schedule in that sense. So I do agree with that. I 100% disagree with people saying, looking at the teams and saying, oh, Carolina's a beatable team. Atlanta's a beatable team. The Broncos are beatable. You just have no idea. Um, Sean Payton could turn Denver around pretty quickly. Atlanta, to me, I think Dave Ragoon is actually going to be in consideration for a head coaching job, the offensive coordinator in Atlanta. I I don't think they're going to have a – they're going to make the playoffs, but I think when we play them, I think the second to last week of the season or third to the last week of the season, um, I think they're going to be a very good team, a very tough team. So, yeah, and also – the Thursday games gives us this mini buy, but it also gives us a short week. So, as much as I love these mini buys, I, you can, mm-hmm. I don't know how how much you can say that one is is better than the other. I got a question regarding Atlanta. Is uh, Ragone yeah. going to be calling plays? Because I thought their head coach called plays. You you may you might be right, uh, PJ, but. Um, I do really like what Atlanta does on offense. And I, my assumption is Dave Ragoon is a, is a large part of that. Okay. I got to pee, guys. I'll be right back. You guys got this shit. Thank, thanks for the information, man. You want to watch? You want to cross streams? No. No, thanks. I know PJ that? does. What, what was that, Poetry Guys? <laughs> no, no, that was Ghostbusters. Never, Ghostbusters. Never cross streams. Stream. Yeah, there you go. Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. <laughs> But yeah, back to the money talk. Um, yeah, I agree with you, DJ. I think it, it's a two-way street. You know, you don't re-sign the guy and he gets a, a check from another team that's higher, much higher than you are offering. That uh-huh. it's not just the money; it's a respect thing. Yeah, and also, yeah. you know, Montgomery is in a new city, and he does want fans behind him. Mm-hmm. So I can't blame the guy. You know, right. some. You might move in your life. It doesn't mean you you hate the place that you once were at. Yeah, I I, I think I don't see. I don't take it personal because you know. Let's face it. We didn't do. We didn't. We wasn't that very. We wasn't very good when he was here. For one, I mean, yeah, we made the playoffs. We kind of backed our way into it and uh, lost to New Orleans in that first round while he was here. However, I think because players' careers are short, so short that. Yeah, they're trying to maximize their money. So yes, they want to be right. able to get they want to get that money. And to say that, oh, you appreciate me, you appreciate me, 
but you're not paying me as much as this other team, you're telling me that you don't appreciate me. And I think that's how I can understand him saying it like that. I mean, I'm not saying he's right or he's wrong in that, but I can understand where he's coming from. And I know Swifty wasn't necessarily saying that either, but I just wanted to point that out because I did see his video today right before the show. I, you know, I watched it. I was like, okay, when I get a chance to talk to Swifty again, let me uh, point that out to him. So that's why I wanted to do it. That brings up my question now that we're talking about this is, like, are you still going to follow him or back him up? Because I still am. Well, I think Swifty said it, too, that he was going to. I just wanted to ask everybody in the chat and everybody, are you behind Montgomery or not? That's all. Well, if, I'll, I'll say this. I'm the type of guy, I'm always, I always like Bears drafted players. And once we draft them, even if they go to another team, I still want them to do well, except, of course, when they play against us. So put it this way, like a Leonard Floyd, I will re, I will root for a Leonard Floyd before I would root for Khalil Mack. I love Mack. Don't get me wrong. I love him, but he's no longer here. We didn't draft him. We actually drafted Leonard Floyd. So that's why I'm like, because one thing like we did this year, we, look, we looked at our draft picks, right? We looked at our draft picks. We broke them down. We studied them all. The, so we started building this equity in them to where, okay, I'm invested in this guy, Javon Dexter. Man, I'm, I'm invested to him now, so I'm watching him, and I'm curious to see what his progress is going to be like. So four years from now, if we don't sign him to a second contract and somebody else does, I'm going to be like, well, I spent these four last four, four years rooting for this guy, investing in him, so I just can't let him go now. So, yeah, I'm still going to root for him, oh, and not maybe not as much, but I'm still going to root for him. That's where my mindset is. Yeah. You know, I root for the human being. I think that, you know, we make a very big deal about being fans of a certain team. And if you're not wearing Bears clothing or you don't run into someone wearing Detroit clothing, and you right. sit down and have a conversation with them and it's not about football, you know, they could become your best friend. So, you know, I, I, I don't want to get too into that, but I do want to say another thing about Monty is that he was very underutilized in Nagy's scheme. And that may have helped him a little bit and not getting as much wear and tear but i think monty would have loved to handle that the ball far more often the the thing the, the, the issue i had with Nagy regarding monty monty would make a good play he and then Nagy would take him out and it's like yep. he never was able to get a good rhythm going and yep. that to me is counterproductive to what any other real football coach will ever do and he's like, okay, this guy, he's he's doing it, you know, he's he's doing it, okay, until he's tired, tap his head and say he's ready to come out. Other than that, we're gonna keep on feeding him the ball. But Maggie, oh man, that was a great 20-yard run. Here, come on here, sit on the sideline real quick. Matt Nagy, another yep. name for crap. <laughs> <laughs> and just like Dan was saying, pass, pass, run. Man. You know, Monty would pick up the the first down after we got, you know, three-yard receptions on curl plays, Monty right. picks up the first down. Now he comes out. Four wide receiver <laughs> set, running eight yards down the field. <laughs> man, I'm telling you, man, it's like, what? Mm -hmm. I wish I had the, the, the Nagy thing. I have to find that and 
edit back to my repertoire because anybody anytime anybody said his name i had a clip i pulled up of him just being clueless <laughs> it's like I'm just, right i have no clue <laughs> yeah it's like i i have no thought <laughs> yeah no shit you don't I, no <laughs> I, I i clearly do not like my quarterback but i'm gonna i'm gonna start out every game by trying to throw three passes yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna not defer the kick i'm gonna i'm going to or i'm, I'm gonna defer the kick so i can put my defense out there first, then come back with my offense and run three straight passes with Mitch Trubisky. Or better yet, I'm going to go against this great pass rush in Cleveland and have empty uh, sets to where my rookie quarterback can just get destroyed. You're brilliant, PJ. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when James right. Daniel had that exit interview and he basically was like, you know, even us offensive linemen in that room – I mean, how do you how do you not double team, you know, Chubbs on Cleveland? Like, what are we doing? And he said this in a live press conference. You never hear that. That's how bad Nagy was. His own players, like, I, right. like I'll say the worst possible thing live, just so I can get out of here. He's not even the coach anymore. I just I'm done with this team. You know. Oh man. So yeah, Nagy, Nagy, Nagy did. Honestly, when he made the able to watch him. When he made that comment, James Daniels, private champion. that made me want to keep him. I wanted yeah, to keep him after right? he made those comments. <laughs> I was like, man, you know what? I agree. My guy. That's accountability. Yes. yes. We're, get, we're getting uh, close, to, close to the time where Kitty is going to bug out. So, Kitty, why don't you give us one more trivia question? All right. <laughs> I love how it's just like random, though. In which season did Devin Hester tie the NFL record for punt return touchdowns with four? Answer first, Jordy. Huh? <laughs> uh, A, 2007, B, 2006, C, 2008, D, 2005. Well, 2005 is not correct, so I shouldn't say that. But uh, I'll let you guys go around. No, no, no. We want you to go first. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm going to say 2006. Remember, I'm undefeated. Yeah, that's why we had to go first. <laughs> go ahead, Foster. You're muted, Foster. Tooch. Okay. Oh, what year did you say, uh, Shorty? 2006. All right, I'm, I'm going to go with 2007. All right, I'm going to give a little bit of a long-winded answer here. Um, so when we drafted Devin Hester, I was actually a little bit down on that pick. And at the time, I really – I I felt we w needed more football players. We had already drafted Daniel Manning, who was a good kick return, punt returner in college. And I was kind of confused. Like, why did we go after the same position in the next round and draft Devin Hester? This, this, this is a little odd to me. And then I went and watched all of his tape from Miami, and I got really excited. And the first time he touched the ball in preseason, and he didn't take it to the house. He didn't get a touchdown. But I saw the talent in him, and I turned to my roommate, and I said – 
This guy is going to break every single return record in the NFL after this first play that I saw in preseason. Wow, and really? I believe that 2006's rookie year was the year that he broke that record with four punt returns. What do you guys think in chat? We got James Ford saying 2008. Retro says 1895. Did Cliff say 2007? <laughs> I can I can hear her laughing. Yeah, at that. it's not the year I was born, dude. <laughs> uh, I saw that Chips Hoy Boy said D two thousand five. Okay, what's what's the answer, Kitty? Oh, all right. Damn. There you go. I thought for sure it was his rookie season, two thousand six. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just gonna say for the record, real quick. Uh, Shorty, you're no longer undefeated. <laughs> Me too, because I, I had I was the same as his record, dude. That's why I went against you guys. See, see, I was going to say 2006, but when you guys said it, I said the only way for me to catch up with you guys is to go against another answer. So, mm. yeah. Unless we were right, then you would have just been keeping pace. That's why I wouldn't. <laughs> I was going to go against you anyway. I mean, like I said, if you would have said 2007, I would have said 2006. So whatever you said, I was going to go the other way. Now you're now you're right, retro. <laughs> but he did. I mean, in 2006, that was his rookie year, correct? And that's when he yes. went to the Super Bowl. But the, the, that uh, those returns don't count in the playoffs for mm -hmm. his record, correct? True. Correct. Yeah, that sucks. Why? Why? He had why? Three punt returns for touchdowns just, in 2006. What? And I and I know he had the field goal return for right. a touchdown against the Giants. Um, he had a Damn. return against Damn. Minnesota as a punt return. Um, Did he return a punt eighty something yards in his first or second game with the Bears? Yeah, I think it was his yeah. first game. I think yeah. it was his first game. Eighty yard punt return. I think somebody looked that up. It was called okay. – he, he had a huge punt return that was called back in his first game as well. Hmm. Was that it or was there one that did it that was good? Because I swore – I don't remember. He was, he was a prime time. time. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, I think my favorite, like I said, was that one JGK kid said about it with the Giants on that missed field goal. Oh, my gosh. That was beautiful. Yes. The way he just stood there, and he yes, just started yes. walking slowly. And then if you watch that play, I mean, you watch everybody was blocking so well. Uh, it was yep. like crazy. Like Erlacher's out there. Hill and Huntemeyer's out there. Um, Brandon Ian Badagio, who was a special teamer guy. He was, I mean, they were just playing blocks. But you got to also remember, they had their field goal, uh, field goal kicking team on. So they didn't have as much speed being the Giants out there at the time to try to catch right. him. So that was set up perfectly, man. Oh, that was beautiful. <laughs> September 10th, 2006, 84-yard punt return for a touchdown to lock up a 26-0 victory over the Packers. Yes. Good job, Foster. Like and and Swift's saying that. Oh, I, I, went, I went and looked it up because I couldn't remember. I, I thought I yeah, – whatever. You know what I'm saying. I like what Swift saying, we had Erlacher and Tillman on special teams. It was awesome. Yeah, that was yeah. awesome. I, I remember listening to 
uh, Charles Tillman, when they drafted him in the car, oh, I still live there, of course. And uh, I, I was just like, this kid, this guy is going to be awesome. And then he, he was like talking about his nickname peanut. And I was like, Oh, that's, that's cool. And then he was at the cubby bear North, which is like up North on off of, I think 83 up kind of in like uh, Lake County, I think. And I remember seeing him there when he was doing an event there. I was like, this this guy, what a what a great dude he is. And look, he's still sticking around. Did you guys see Tillman doing the um he was part of the, the little video that the Bears made for like their little yeah. they were chefs yeah. working in a oh yeah. 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 He also talked to the uh rookies again this year. Yeah, yes, two years in a row. Is he, is he still he, not a uh, FBI agent? I don't know. I know he was, yeah. Yeah, he's still, I, I he's still active right now see. as of today. He's what? He's still active as of right now today. Yes. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. Uh, one of my favorite. He's one of my guys. One of my favorite. Sorry, Jay. Sorry, Foster. One of my favorite Tillman plays is when uh, last game of the season versus Minnesota, when he outmossed Randy Moss for the interception to keep them out of the playoffs, and he. Outmossed, Randy Moss. Uh oh, uh oh, uh oh. Three, two. Are we done? Are we done? Are we five. done? We're five minutes late. Oh, should we let the whole thing? Oh. Can't let Giddy explode. Did we live through it or are we dying? No, that's, what happens when, that's what happens when she explodes, but we all got it after five seconds. So <laughs> I'm coming in to let you guys finish off the rest of the show because my catnip has kicked in. So I need to go <laughs> chill out. Thank you, Kitty. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, gentlemen. Kitty. Thank you very much, Kitty. Appreciate your patience. Absolutely. And I'm just going to let you guys. Thank you, Kitty. Now it's time to shoot the shit. So continuing shooting the shit. Hey, we got the guys PJ, in the you got, chat waiting, right? Bring these boys in. Yeah, we got, let's see. Let's bring back in Brian. Danny. I don't know if Dan's hey, still here. I'll Dan, be right you there? back, you guys. Okay. I'll be right back, okay? All right, okay. Dan, you there? Not sure if Dan's there. He'll be back. Dan, this thing's there. He'll be back. Hopefully. So I have something for you guys. Go ahead. You guys said that it was sad that um, the playoff uh, kickoff and punt returns didn't uh, calculate into his um, overall. But to me, the most saddest part of the whole thing with Huster is the fact that I do believe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that there is a kicker in the Hall of Fame, but the most explosive returner, not just kick returner, punt returner, the guy that changed the game. That's what special teams changed their whole, and defenses changed their whole philosophy because of him. And he's not in the Hall of Fame. Right. That That's ridiculous blasphemy they, if they make rank they change rules because of a person 
Come on, man. You deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Yep. Guys, we have we have another guest that's coming in from chat. Chips Ahoy Boy is joining us. Chipsy. Chips Ahoy Boy. What's up, Tabby? What's up, Chips? What's going on, fellas? Great show tonight, man. Man. Thank you, man. You guys on, Chips? Thanks for hanging. And Anything? Thanks for, uh, thanks for shouting me out a couple times, man. I appreciate that. Hey, you know, you, you was the one who said, sweet as in the D. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're in the family, Chips. You're in the family, bro. Uh, when, Brian, when Brian said all that, why well, I became a Bears fan, I was right there with him, man. It was, was Peyton first and then that defense. Yes. Yeah. I, I watched it for myself. You had to be you had to be an idiot to watch that and not be a fan of it. Well, I actually became a Bears fan, as you, most of you guys know. I became a Bears fan with uh when Hal, when Hal started the team. No, no, that that was Foster. <laughs> when he helped Hal start the team, he yeah, did. That, that was Foster. See, <laughs> see, I started with uh, Buckus and uh, Gail Sayers. Foster oh. started with a uh, house. <laughs> no. you, you say you guys became fans in 1895? <laughs> the Chicago Cardinals were the Morgan Athletic Club. That's the first team, dude. Man. And that was before that. I think it was 1887, I believe. You guys were watching Red Grange? Is that what you said? I, helped, I taught Red Grange everything he knows. Foster taught, taught him everything he knows, man. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you. Wait, does that no, mean really, he, he was a heck of a player too, Grains? Squeezy has a question for Chips Ahoy Boy. One question, Chips. Chewy sure. or crunchy? Blue bag. Blue bag. I knew that answer. Is the chewy bag red? Yes. Okay. Ooh. The red bag is no good for Chips Ahoy Boy. No good. Blue bag only. He said it like three times on the first or second show, right? Yep. Well, picture too on Twitter. Hey, Chips Ahoy. Yes, sir. Don't the the blue bags become chewy once you're putting them in milk, though? Uh, Actually. (laughs) Actually, they do if you leave the bag slightly open. They do eventually. Get okay, it. yeah, yeah. It's true. True well, story. I got a Bears trivia question myself. But hold on, no. Let me let me oh, say ahead. something retro real sorry, quick. Sorry, Pete. No, 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 no. Let me just say something retro. I wasn't the original Staley. It was <laughs> Speaking of Staley, when, when did the Decatur Staley's become an official team? Does anybody know? Decatur State, uh, 1920? 1919. 1919. The Bears are as old as the Packers. They just don't count that season because they went like 10 and 2. The Staley's were actually proclaimed the champs and then it was taken away. I don't I don't know why we're not I mean it's right. You could get it on Wikipedia. The right. Decatur Staley's were established in 1919. So. What was the crowds like back then, Foster? Uh it was okay. It wasn't too bad because there was no traffic. Oh, okay. And to piggyback off of that, the NFL doesn't count championships. They only count Super Bowls. Which is bullshit. Yeah. Have you guys ever heard of the um the uh the god damn the something effect the 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 
who was the man you ever heard of the mandela effect anyone I heard of it but i forgot what it meant though. anyone yeah okay, okay let me let me precipice by asking the question do you guys remember every one of you nelson mandela having died in prison or being released released i don't even remember there's a there's a vast majority of people that believe that he died in prison like they remembered him dying in prison and i always i'm one of those i thought he died in prison his wife did i think maybe but so they, <laughs> they ended up reading this website called the mandela effect where things are not like like history has changed like for example do you remember it being the berenstein bears or the berenstein bears berenstein bears berenstein bears right or berenstein bears you're talking about the cartoon bears yep yes bernstein stein or stain Steen, i think i said Baron- yeah, steam Bern- stein or stain i mean steen Bern- and stein are the same but steen or stain bernstein bears are the berenstein bears yes but they're actually if you look if you google it they're berenstein bears with an a-i-n oh that's weird so that kind of I, I, you guys were talking about something that made me think of oh it was it was that i remembered reading when i was younger that um i mean just absorbing all the bears information that i could i was i used to be like dan aguire only with like pure history i remember reading that george hallis lent the packers money to help them form a team but yeah i remember that too now in the last like 10 years i've read that the Packers led Hallis money because he was going broke. Does anybody? I, I read that too. I read that too, and I never heard that before. I wish my father was around to let me know, or Marv Levy, because those guys knew. So, Brian, you remember the same thing as I, right? Yeah, and um, the reason being why he lent them money was so that they could keep the Packers in the league because they were going out. If they wouldn't have been helped, they were done. It was $56,000, and he suggested they hire the guy out of New York named Lombardi. That That's the story I got. Jeez. <laughs> that's the story. Well, Hales uh, was the coach. Hales was the coach at the time. I kept going, man, could you imagine if – if he retired in 57 and brought Lombardi and what might have happened in Chicago? Yeah. Isn't that some dumb luck, though? <laughs> the Bears would have that kind of luck. Coin, they would help the Packers to get Lombardi. <laughs> dumb luck. Doug, oh Van Dorn, Doug Van Dorn says that both could be true just at different times. Maybe that's true. Maybe yeah. what I was reading. I think that's what it is. Yeah. I think that is what it is. It's both. I was reading that back in the 80s, so that history has been added to that Wikipedia channel or wherever the fuck I was reading it, you know. <laughs> Walter Besky, what's up? Did the Packers give Hallis 1500 during the Depression, he asks. Walter is going to be on the show next week, guys. He's our next uh, guest from chat coming on. Mammy, Mammy, which is my Mammy, said that she heard that Mandela died in prison, too. So weird. And maybe, maybe how about this one? Here's another thing that's part of the Mandela effect. Do you remember the um uh in China when they were they had the tanks? It was um what was it called? Tiananmen Square incident. Did they run over the kids or did they or the people or did they stop? They stopped. 
I always remember there being like a blood streak across the ground because they ran over him. I thought I thought kids lost their lives because they like kind of like the rioted and uh, trampled were... over each other. No, it was one guy with two bags, and the tank stopped in front of him. I could close my eyes and see the whole thing. Man, you could see the remember. dog on Moses part of the Red Sea. I, I don't I think. So. <laughs> I might be thinking of like a. Like a, a, a MTV video or something where they, where they, oh boy. where they, I think it might have been Tenacious D actually. I uh, think one of the songs, they, they said something about Tiananmen Square in one of their songs. I think in the video, they might have showed them actually running them over, and that's where I got it from. That was in the 90s. So, <laughs> Tenacious D. <laughs> I blame Tenacious D. There you go. But All it's right. funny how your mind remembers things, though, right? Your memory is never never what you think it is. It's weird how okay. our uh, Leo has a question for you guys. Starting off with uh, Shorty, and we're gonna go around the go around the horn here. If Leo. you had one last meal, what would it be? Mine would be a tray of Chinese food, pancakes with syrup, and some chocolate chip cookies with milk. Shorty, what's yours? Well, first off, I would have to say, Leo, that depends on what Chinese food place it would be for me to even consider which Chinese food I would, if, I, if that would even be part of the question. Although I do like that answer because there are some good ones. But I would have to say mine would be mm, three or four Italian beefs. Yeah, I knew you'd say Dan. Yeah, I probably have like three or four different varieties too, just so I could have the different varieties. If I was on death row, it'd be like, okay, give me a Portillo's, give me a Johnny's, give me an Al's, and uh, fuck it, we'll put in, we'll throw in a bone of beef. While yeah, we're at it. Put all these be like, hang on a minute, it's still eating. <laughs> yeah. I got one more beef left. Come on, I, I'm gonna shut it all out. It's, it's a steak dinner from Tom's Steakhouse in Melrose Park. And a large stuffed pizza from Villanapi in Norwich, Illinois. Villanapi. That will kill me before they kill me. That's one way of doing it. Yep. All right. What you what you got, Brian? Oh, I don't know. Um, I'm gonna say uh, Greek food. I really like Greek. Like a lamb. Lamb. Yeah. Anything like that. Yes. It's my it's my favorite. Yeah. What's that? What's, your... what's that? When uh, Greek uh, dessert they have, but balaki, balava, some. Oh, you're talking about? Are you talking about falafel? Or are you talking about? Uh, oh, um, that falafel. Baklava? I think. Baklava. What is baklava. It yeah, baklava. Yeah, baklava. Yeah. Baklava. Yep. Baklava. Yep. That's pretty good. Yeah. Which is a a guire back? What's that? So. No. Oh, right. Okay. What you got, Chips Ahoy? Mine? It's very easy. I would have a New York strip steak, baked potato, some steamed broccoli. We're going wow. to Tom's. We're okay. going to Tom's, dude. Me and you. Wait, can, <laughs> can, I, can I interject on that? Okay, I've known Chips Ahoy boys since almost grade school. Like, we grew up in the same town. I know him to be literally the most plain guy I've ever met. That's why I've said before, if if your great grandmother, you know, made him the best handed down 
homemade cookie recipes and you know gave him like six different amazing cookies you could sell for a thousand dollars a piece in a gourmet shop he'd be like nope fucking chips ahoy <laughs> you know i would try those cookies though man come you on would... what <laughs> you know i would at least try one of them i have no i have honestly handed you one of them and you were like nope it's not chips ahoy. <laughs> That's why I asked you, have you have you changed? You're like, no, it's just a blue bag for me. So I'm assuming it's the same. But I've seen I've seen him get a whopper plain. Oh, take, boy. take the bun off, just eat the, the burger by itself. There's a reason behind that too, dude. Reason behind that. When I order something, I don't want to taste the condiments as part as becoming taking over the flavor of the meat. That's the whole reason behind that whole plain thing. Because a lot of times what I do now is I'll add that stuff because I know what the amount I want on it. Too much. I don't want to bite into it and all I'm tasting is a ketchup and mustard. I want to be able to taste the meat. So so you'll, you'll, so you'll put that on yourself. Yes, there's a method to my madness. Okay. <laughs> it's good to know, it's good to know you've adapted. <laughs> you've adapted as you've gotten older. I've gotten older. My taste buds have matured, man. So okay, I, that's what I was trying to kind of get at. I'm I'm glad to know. <laughs> so when you come out to go golfing, I can make you a burger. <laughs> what you got, J2K? Cliff's gonna make you some cookies, chips. He's gonna make his famous chip, chocolate chip cookies. He'll be starting at about one a.m. before he goes and vacuums the lawn out for the weekend. <laughs> don't you don't you mean pork butt? Hold on, I want. I do want to address his question though. Have you guys had Wagyu steaks? If not, get one. I bought one, and Cliff, my cousin, who you bought the the cookbook from, fucking destroyed it on his grill. He walked away from the grill. He's like, "Oh fuck, I forgot about the steaks." We didn't get to J two K's yet, man. Destroyed it. I just wanted to answer his question. Go ahead, J two K. Well, I'm going to answer this question a little bit differently than all you guys. Um, some of you guys know that I'm a long-distance hiker. I really enjoy long-distance hiking. Um, we talk about food a lot when you're on trail. After you're gone for two, three weeks, just the food in your backpack, the mm -hmm. thing that I craved the most was fresh fruit, an Ooh. apple, an orange, a peach, a tangerine, a strawberry. It's mm. true. That's good. You know, like you pumping your gut full of shit. That's what you crave when you're like, actually. <laughs> I do that without hiking, J2K. I do that when I wake up in the morning and I crave strawberries. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> it's the best thing in the world, in my opinion. Just really good, fresh fruit. Mm -hmm. I can agree with that. I have two apples every morning on my way to work. Two apples. Apple. Hey, strawberries, away. blueberries, you know, raspberries, blackberries every morning. Every morning. Do you know? Do you know why that's uh, why PJ? Why an apple a day keeps a doctor away? The gas. There's a small <laughs> trace. There's a small trace of arsenic in every apple because it's in oh, the seeds. So if you actually ate the entire apple with the seeds, you right. probably would, would be even more uh, healthier because you'd be killing the bacteria with that. A little bit more trace of arsenic. So I think that's what they mean by that is the I thought it because the apples gave you gas and you you uh, you would fart so hard and get the doctor out of there. Quick PSA, don't take Dan's advice on eating the seeds. <laughs> no, 
PSA no. announcement for all kids out there. Do not drive the guy the seeds, crush the them up, apple. put them in your smoothie. I will, I will, the entire <laughs> apple every day. I will Do say not try this at home. I will say, when I was back when I was in the army back in uh, 1949, right, right. <laughs> but anyway, when we used to go on our like uh, what we call our route march, and we'd be out in the field for a while. Yeah, fruit is the best thing. Unfortunately, they gave us what they called MREs, meals ready to eat. Oh, nastiest thing in the world, but man, golly, I crave some fruit. All right, what's next? What, what was that question you said Cliff had, uh, Shorty? The next question? Yeah, that you said Cliff had a, that you was already, you started to answer. Uh, let's see, where was it? Uh, it was the Wagyu steak. It was about the Wagyu. You guys, you guys ever had a Wagyu steak? I've heard of them. I've never had one. Start off with a Wagyu ground beef. Start off with that and make a burger. Literally, just some salt and pepper and nothing. That's when it, I'm like you, Dave. Like I, I found myself just eating it, just absolutely nothing on it, but a bun. Mm. Put a little bit of butter on it and put it on the grill, and just yeah. it was so fucking juicy that like you're you're halfway through it even though it might be well done because i kind of overcooked the first one it just 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 oozed out with juice it was so delicious oh my god you can't okay. go wrong with the ground beef mm. yeah that's gonna Could be you... up this summer you can't you can't fuck up the steak though because my my cousin did do that it's like a <laughs> steak <laughs> It's okay though. I dropped I dropped his bong and broke it. Brand new bong. So I <laughs> you know, oh! <laughs> payback. Payback. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I know I know that all too well, the broken bong. Oh. Brand new bong too. But you know what? It was ter he couldn't possibly have cleaned the thing. It was way too too many chambers and stuff, you know? It it needed to be broken. Okay. He <laughs> <laughs> needed the new one. <laughs> this guy complicated huh <laughs> doug van Dorn, uh I, I do know you can order wagyu steak online it's incredibly expensive but oh man you can also get it at costco and uh walmart has it now i don't shop at walmart but i because that place is too nuts but i do know they have <laughs> wagyu beef there and i will go over there for wagyu beef so hmm. <laughs> oh, i miss kids in the uh chat uh, hey kids, I don't know if you're still up, up there or not. I'm, I'm behind here. Yeah, Matt's still here. Oh, what's up, kids? Leo Factors joined us too, by the way. We haven't given him credit for joining us. Mammy's still here. Mammy's hanging out. Wow, Mammy's hanging out. Should we, uh, should we find out what Mammy uh, thinks? Keep, 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 stop right there, Shorty. You just can't say it like that. You just can't see it. I want to hear about this bond. Help me out, J2K. Help him out, man. I missed it again, huh? Man. That's what happened to Mr. Shorty. <laughs> DJ. <laughs> I'm telling you, you're like, oh, my mammy just hanging out. Like, bro, you can't say that about your mom, bro. He's not used to us, man. He's still not used to us with this shit. But I, I want to find out about your mom's bong from the 70s. Sorry, uh, DJ. Yeah. I had I had to put that up because it just intrigued me. She still has her bond from the seventies. That's like fifty years ago, almost. Or oh, the thing is plastic with an aluminum. Oh. Shape. 
slider. And, it doesn't even have a slider. It has a carb on it. It's terrible. It's all shit. It's leftover shit from World War II, PJ. Dude, it has, it has like, it had like a velvet base to it. Yep. yep. I remember that one. God, I got so sick from that thing. Is yeah. it rapids? <laughs> Is it rapids where you remove the, the bowl, Dan? Yeah, you. Graphics. No, it, no, it, you didn't oh. even. It wasn't a slider. It had a carb on the back of yeah. it. Yeah. Okay, you said that. Okay. <laughs> hey, Dan. I thought you were gonna say that if you had a an Avon uh, cologne bottle, bong, <laughs> like it was in the shape of a car or something. <laughs> I just I just sent her a like, link. So like this, Brian. Yeah. There you go. Did you see oh, what Rachel says? Wow. Avon Stubaker. Yeah. Retro says in the chat, Mammy, that 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 bong belongs in the Smithsonian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just sent you a link, Mammy, if you want to come in and talk about your bong. Oh, I think Foster's choking on your bong. <laughs> <laughs> Doug Van Dorn says, I don't use bongs anymore. Where's that? I don't use bongs anymore. Too much bother keeping them clean. I just use glass pipes. Well, glass pipes you have to keep clean, too. But then he says, every few months I soak them in alcohol, they stay good as new. Okay, I just... <laughs> I should have read the whole thing first. <laughs> I, was, I was laughing so hard, I swallowed smoke, and now I got a stomachache. Oh, no. oh. From Mammy's bond. So. Sure, that was smoke that you swallowed. Uh -huh. <laughs> hey, y'all heard that you get a collapsed lung from smoking a bong? You guys heard that? I should have had fifty of them by now. No. Yeah, my, my brother was telling me this a couple weeks ago because he really doesn't smoke a bong anymore because of that. I'm like, what? <laughs> Let's see. All right. So we so we have Mammy here. Mammy is going to join the show here. I I, I didn't ha I I I should have had an opener ready for her, but Mammy. What? Jesus, Shorty. Oh, I love what? you. I love you, Mammy. I love you, Mammy. 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 I haven't had to. I still have both my lungs, thankfully, from. From using that bong, but well, that's good. Danny doesn't even need a bong, and he hacks up a lung. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't believe I can't believe he survived all that. <laughs> Danny, we we always said the bigger the bong, the, the more it would work your lungs out. The better you could uh, inhale and exhale. <laughs> that was our logic. No, you, I, you, he you, seems you. to like to cough, and I don't. So. Well, that popping is what what gets you, right, guys? Come on, come on, right, guys. What, PJ? What were you saying, PJ? I have nothing to say about you all of y'all bombs. <laughs> Chip, Chip, remember the four footer I had, and then we would put the other two footer on top of it. I was just thinking that, man. It's so funny, you just said that. <laughs> Like, that was insane. That thing was insane. <laughs> yeah, what, what that was thing was insane. It was literally a four-foot. Long or dong? What, what were you guys talking about? 
<laughs> a four foot, four foot bong. It wasn't a four foot. Well, absolutely drinking that bong. Not a four foot week. dog. <laughs> no, but we used to put whiskey in the bong. Mm -hmm. People Jeez. would drink it. Oh, didn't that thing? Oh. Didn't it have a velvet base to it? That's what I said in chat, uh, suede. Yeah. Oh, suede. Yeah. Not, not velvet. Yeah. It was brown suede. Not blue suede, brown suede. <laughs> brown suede bong. That's a new, new, new song, right? Well, the weighted, the base was weighted, so you know you could stand it up, and it was full of little pebbles and rocks. But it was like plastic. <laughs> that was like, it was like a. It was like a PVC tube, but clear. Was. Well, I had the same one, Mammy. I remember it not being too clear. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, Mine was pur mine's, mine's purple. Mine purple with blue. the suede bottom. Mine was blue <laughs> with the suede bottom. Yeah. I think it's I cracked the, now, though. I don't I think it would graphics, work. graphics, though, where you pulled the whole the whole bowl out after instead of the, the, the carb. I had a graphics yeah, bottom. that's what mine was initially, and then we drilled a hole in it. Ah. Got so tired of lifting it with that it. little thing. We kept losing the the bowls from taking it off. You know? <laughs> they got they got a, they got so high they lost the bowl. How the hell did that happen? You know, Foster and PJ, if you were if you've been around since Hallis started the team, then what does that make my mom? She's not even that much older than you guys. Your mom's your oh, mom's thirty nine wow. and leave it alone. <laughs> right, I mean, there, was, there, there was a joke there, but I ain't going to go there. No, no, no. <laughs> Thank you. Not at this present Thank you. Time, PJ. So, uh, you either. guys got to, you guys got to read uh, Swift's uh, comment to Doug. That was a pretty good one. There's tons of you see that, Doug? I know as much as about politics as Don Burr does about football. That's great. There's a terrible one up there by Retro. He said he's the biggest prick here. Somewhere in there. Did you see that? The only comment I have to say is, uh, you guys ever watch Star Wars? Yeah. yeah. Never seen yeah, it. I'm a Star, Star Trek fan. So, yeah, so, you, so uh, Shorty, you never heard when... Uh, I'm kidding. I'm just saying, you, you, did you hear when Darth Vader, what Darth Vader told Luke Skywalker? I am your father. Yes. So to answer your question... <laughs> What did, what did I say about, about me, me, me being as old as your mom? Well, I am your mom. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Is that why I'm so dark-skinned? <laughs> <laughs> that explains the patches. That's <laughs> another new nickname for you now, Shorty Patches. 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 You got about ten nicknames now, Scrody. They just keep growing and growing and growing. Yeah, that'll take you back. Patch. Uh, what is it? Patches and pockets and patches. Remember that? Absolutely. That, that was a while ago. Pockets and patches. No. Uh, no patches and pockets. No. No. Like a pockets commercial or something. No, it was a show back in the day. 
kind of like right around when uh, Romper Room and Mr. Kangaroo. You don't remember any of these? <laughs> middle, middle I remember those. Mr. Kangaroo, yeah. Oh, I remember all those, but I don't remember Patches and Pockets. Was it a Chicago yeah, thing? They were, they were kind of like Raggedy Ann and Andy, but just like, I don't know. No, God, I'd have to look it up to see if I recognize them, but Captain Kangaroo, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Captain Bozo Kangaroo. Circus. With his, with his sideburns. Yeah. Yes, and his bangs like Mo from the Three Stooges. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just watched an old interview with Mo. I think it was Mike Douglas had Mo on the show. This is like 73, 74. And mm -hmm. he was telling everything on that. It was only about 18 minutes. It's on YouTube. It was pretty interesting. I'm surprised I never saw it before. But he told a lot of stuff that I knew did not know about the Stooges. And I thought I knew a lot about them, too. So it was very yeah. interesting. Yeah, so they've Mami, done documentaries on them. Mammy, since well, you're on the show, like, what, what do you think about Luke Getze? Our offensive coordinator. Well, bye, 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 what? Yeah, Luke Getze. What do you think he's going to do this year? <laughs> God bless you. <laughs> I thought you sneezed. I didn't understand. The Bears offensive coordinator. What do you think about Luke Getze? How's he going to do this year? Are the Bears are they in good hands with him? Don't know, but you know what I just watched? The Great Gatsby? No. Oh. <laughs> I'm excited to find out what you guys think about the winner of The Voice. Oh boy, here we go. Crickets, crickets, crickets. Where is Kitty when I need to cue the crickets? Come on. No, I just watched the Bears Down and Out about uh, buying uh, Arlington Park. You guys yeah. watch that? Have you guys no. seen that? No. Look, look it up. It's really interesting. It tells all the money facts huh. about what, what asshole Chicago is to has been to the Bears and everything, but you all know that. Yeah. Who won the voice? Yeah. Hmm? Who won the voice? Who won the voice? It was um, Gina. Oh. No, Gina. Oh. The little one with the really soft voice. You can understand her. But she sang like crazy. Oh, yeah. I've never even watched The Voice this year. I missed it. Danny watched it when he was here with me because I watch it. And That's it was the girl that won is the one that he liked. So she got me into the mask singer. I don't watch it. I just watch it with her when I'm visiting. But I was like, is the mask singer on tonight? <laughs> it's over. That singer's over. Yeah. Yeah. I was awesome. I was certain that that was uh uh who 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 did we think that was Ed Sheeran on that one song. I, I was yeah. certain. Yeah. Yeah. He sang it just like Ed Sheeran. Yeah. I mean, I was—I've seen something where, like, a Hawaiian guy won the thing. I mean, uh, no, he didn't win. He didn't. No, uh, he was, was on he, this season. That's uh, well. Actually, he's on American Idol right now. That's still running. They haven't—they haven't had the winner yet. I don't Is think. That the one with Howie Mandel. Yes. Okay. All right. No. All right, all right, all right. That's enough talk about that. <laughs> Howie Mandel is AGT. <laughs> Howie Mandel and and uh, yeah, that's AGT. 
Okay. American right. Idol has Lionel Richie and Luke Bryant yeah. and Katy Perry. You haven't watched Lionel Lionel those. Richie. I mean, I just seen them like when I'm passing through YouTube. I seen some of that, and I thought there was a yeah a clip where I seen the, the Hawaiian guy want something to see something. All right, that's it. You guys are out of here. <laughs> Jeez. Oh. So back to the Bears, guys. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> that's oh, goodness. Yeah, I'm still talking real quick. Oh, <laughs> very fucking funny. See what happens, man. See what happens when the, the see. That's what the typical <laughs> child does when their parents talking. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? The naughty little boy in the corner, right? Come on. <laughs> hey, I tried to bring up bears because I watched that show and it was really interesting. Yeah. Do you know that they need $5 billion to build that place? Oh, yeah. $5 billion. How much? Because they, they want to build it like SoFi. Yeah. Well, they, they want it to be like SoFi. It has to be like SoFi or yeah. they, they'll never make it. I agree. <laughs> What's going on here right now, guys? I told you she'd be spitting out knowledge one day. I didn't expect it to be this. <laughs> <laughs> now, see, that's, curveball, man. That's 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 Dan, that, Dan. That's you going around underestimating your mother and overestimating the Bears last year. It's just <laughs> it's the normal cycle of you. <laughs> and they also owe. They also owe a heck of a lot more than I thought. It'll be like eighty something million. <laughs> what? What will be eighty million? They'll. They'll. They will owe the park district and back payment, or you know, prorated payment, like eighty something million. Right, guys? Seventy something million. Seventy, eighty something million. Swifty, I'm sure you know. Right what now, what's owed on the stadium is more than was actually put into it. It's like $365 million that's still owed. That's a joke. But, you know, if when they build, they start building in, in Arlington Heights, it, that place won't be ready for a minimum of 10 years. But the Bears don't owe that money because the Park District... The Bears have a lease until 2033 that right. they have to pay. Right, so oh. they have to pay the prorated rate until then. Right. So, so the lease is up in 2033. Okay, I thought it was up before then. Okay. I thought it was too. No, 2033. This is Mammy here. We have to fact check. I just this. watched the the thing uh, yesterday. Oh. Yeah, 2033. And more years. Wasn't it a 20 year lease? Paris, man. I'm just saying. Well, it was more than that because when did they build the place? Holy shit, she's right. No, they, well, they built they built the place in the early 1900s, but the Bears didn't move in until 1970. No, but I mean when they rebuilt, when they oh. when they rebuilt. When they went down to Southern Oak, 2005. Yeah, it was when uh, uh, Daly was mayor. Yeah, we were. He's the one who signed the paperwork. Wasn't that 2003? I believe. So it it was before 2011. Yeah, that was 2003, wasn't it? The horrible rebuild. That was awesome. Yeah. Don't even own the stadium. Like, what the yeah. hell? And then, Where was yeah. the fan base going? What the fuck at the time, you know? And also, mm -hmm. Soldier Field lost its historic landmark designation. So one day, yeah. that place is going to be torn down to the ground anyway. Yep. Just because it doesn't have Well, they're saying there's no way that they'll be able to make enough money to cover what the, the mortgage payment is on it. So, yeah, it'll just go dead. It'll go dormant. 
They're saying no way without the bears there. Mm-hmm. Lightfoot waited way too long to approach the bears or, or even to respond to any of their letters. She was wow. just a witch about the whole thing. Look at this. Look at this, guys. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Joe Foster. Does that surprise you? <laughs> look at this, guys. Look at this, guys. I'm I'm waiting. No, I now I forgot what that guy was going to say. I know, right? Right? I was waiting, too. Look at what freaking shorty. I'm waiting for myself. <laughs> but I was surprised that, that it's $5 billion that they need to come up with. And they can come up with like $300 million coming from the NFL, $350, something like that. $100 million or maybe a little more coming from the actual Bears. And they're talking $500 million coming from the people who buy tickets and have box seats and all that because – that will be non-transferable. So everybody will have to buy all those again. Oh, That's no. going to raise some hell. <laughs> yeah. Anybody who owns any, any you know, booths or box seats. Or- they screwed everybody when they moved to United Center. We, had, we used to have uh, boxes for the hockey, like third, fourth row, and they moved this way to fuck up. So we had them from like, my uncle had them from like 1957. He's like, fuck you. Because they, yeah. they jacked up the prices and moved this like 30 rows back. What a joke. And yeah. you got a fan, you got a fan that was buying tickets since nineteen fifty seven all the way to like yeah. when, whenever they moved to United Center, whenever that was. I have friends that Dan DeStefano's, you've used their tickets. Yeah. Same thing. He's had he's had the same seats for ever and ever. And those are non transferable. You're gonna have to rebuy them. And no probably no guarantee that you're gonna get the same seating. Crazy, but still, that doesn't come close to five billion. So my my the Dolphins game that I took Dan and Eldo to last year. That's on the my buddy has had his dad had those tickets because of his business, and he inherited them when his parents passed. Mm-hmm. Uh, six That's seats why Paul has them yeah. on the three yard line, and I can't even imagine what that what that costs him per year. So now he has to rebuy that PSL. He has to have a, a new chance at the at the new stadium to purchase those that PSL. That's ridiculous. Everyone should be grandfathered in that has tickets. I agree, and so does probably everybody who has tickets. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they're going to raise the price on the PSL. So if they're five thousand a seat, they'll probably make it eight thousand a seat. That'll be more. Well, the Bears will because yeah, they're trying to make up five billion dollars. <sighs> Could build a place. What is the taxpayer? Uh, what is that going to come out of the taxpayer's ass, too? How much of that, you know? Well, they're saying that Arlington Heights is saying they're not putting a penny in. So they have to from, come what from what I understood about Arlington Heights, Chicago said that the Bears said that if they were to build around the stadium like that whole development of like hotels and restaurants well, they have to yeah have yeah to. that 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 was their part of the deal well they'll make they'll make the taxes on the properties but that will go back into the bears somehow it goes back to the bears so it's like they're going to be paying out money that they never had in the first place it's like a gimme you know 
So yeah, yeah they're going to be building a whole, just like SoFi with hotels and retail and shops so that it can be open 365 days a year making money because they can't make up $5 billion just on Bears games that are there how many times a year, you know? True. Well, I think the biggest thing with SoFi, though, was the owner was the one that paid for that. Not, not, yeah, not not the community, the owner. Right. 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 And that was the deal with the mayor of, of Inglewood was that he was like, nope, we're not paying a penny. I thought the right. was looking to, to try to build a stadium more like the Minnesota Vikings. No, they want to build another SoFi. From all of the information that I just watched. So, who so, knows? Things change. It, it's not going to happen for 10 years. So, right. so, so if, more the, like Bears, three, if yeah. the Bears was to start building, when would be the soonest that they would actually move into the safe? I'm going to guess for 10 years. They're saying no, they have to build everything around to start getting the income because they have to make up money somewhere. They well, have they to would, build. They wouldn't be able to move there until. You said 2033, right? That's when their leases. So, so that's not going to happen until then because there's well, that's when their their lease is up, right? So they they're can't be pay paying it. for that. They're going to be paying for that until then, and they're like, how are they going to make that money if they're not there? You know what I'm saying? Right, right. That's the whole thing about raising money. So, yeah. I remember reading that they had like a buyout, you know, for whatever the remaining prorated was. And it was something like 80 something million, which in the whole grand scheme of things would just be part of the, in my mind, I thought part of the, the entire package of the whole move altogether with. So maybe that's, maybe I'm wrong on that. I, I expected like three to four years tops, not 10. Should all of us could be dead by that. <laughs> One lie in Indiana, people love to gamble. If the Bears build a nice casino, they they want it. They're going to put a casino. Yeah, they're smart. They're going to have betting. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Absolutely, they have to. They're going to have everything. Hey, PJ, there. I think the main thing that you were talking about with the Minnesota Vikings stadium was because um, their new GM was the main person that was responsible for the Vikings stadium. He yeah, was the one it. that got that going. So yeah, then yeah, that was, yeah. yeah, he was the GM yeah. or yeah. Was it GM? No. Yeah. He was, he was like he was the, in the front president. Office. Yeah. He was in the front office. Yeah. Yeah. He was yeah. And he was the one that got that stadium up and running. So then other people were comparing what he did with Minnesota. Well, he's going to at least do that in Chicago. Because of how how good that stadium is in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. Okay, Phil. Sure. Uh, Cliff got another question for you guys. Starting with uh, Shorty, uh, why do you guys why do you guys think the Chicago race is so important now? Looking for an alter alternatives to the Bears. Why do I think that the Chicago race is so important now? Yeah, I guess they're mayoral race. I think that's what he's referring to in, in order to build the stadium or try to build a stadium. Am I right there, Cliff? You're talking about the mayoral Yeah, I don't understand the question. Me either. Either. Sorry, Cliff. 
He'd be a little clearer, I guess. Bringing another team to Chicago, looking for alternative two bears. And I don't think Chicago's going to do with that property. There's, like I said, there's no way that they can. They twenty concerts wouldn't do it. Oh, I'm sorry. He no. said the car race. He's a. I mean the car mm -hmm. race is something. There's only nine Bears games there. Why wouldn't fifteen or twenty concerts do it? Oh, that kind of oh, the double A tournament. Yeah. Well, a lot of it has to do with just where it's at in general, with the parking, with the the all of that. I mean, anybody who's ever gone to a Bears game knows that. I mean, you're tailgating a mile away from the damn stadium, and then you got to get there in time for the game. You know. <laughs> I love it. That's true. Oh, no, never been you around. guys are figuring the team is No, they're worth like four point five billion. Cliff, Cliff means the NASCAR race. He said the auto race, the car race. Yeah. So they're That's racing cars there now. Oh, it's crazy. I don't know if they'd, I don't know if they'd bring that actually into the city like that. Well, they're doing that in Vegas. They're like racing around. They're going down like. The main strip of Vegas and in Formula One cars. Are they doing that in Chicago now? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, they're going to be on the belly. July 1st and 2nd, NASCAR is going to be down there. And right now, all it's created is just a clusterfuck of traffic because they have to. Cl they closed off so much shit that roads down there for, for this race. What? Cliff says, yes, NASCAR. Yeah. Yeah. NASCAR or Formula One? Because NASCAR. Formula One is in. Okay, so what happens NASCAR. when you crash into a building? Oh, they'll have barriers, man. There's no way a car is going to freaking touch a building, man. Yeah, um, they aren't going to allow that racing in the streets. It would have to be in the stadium, and then they'd they'd have to spend another billion, you know, trying to reconfigure that. Wow. There's there's racing in the racing in the streets downtown every day. It's on the news. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> illegally. <laughs> well, in that case, let's go ahead and sign up for it. There, uh, false. Hey, I've I've done a <laughs> hundred driving down LaSalle. Downtown, Woo! I've done 100 miles an hour. Kid you not. Well, when the, oh, no, when the bears move out of that. On a horse? When the bears move out of that. I'm just saying. You, you're <laughs> I'm listening to you. Go ahead. <laughs> when the bears move out of that stadium, I would have thought they would have had that as like uh, more of like, uh, um, what do I want to say? Like a, a venue for like um, concerts and stuff, you know what I'm saying? Like bring in, bring well, in. That's what um, that, that that was the original thought. They said concerts and plays yeah. and things. You can't do a play there because there's no dome. No. Again, Lightfoot waited until the Bears already had, you know, said no. You haven't responded to us, so don't even bother responding now. We're done right. with you. And she said, "Well, we'll put a two billion dollar dome on it for you." You know, too little, too, too little, too late. She wants to do that now. It's not for the bears anymore. It's just to bring in, to well, try and bring in income there. To, to, to put a dome on that seems like a Band-Aid more than, a, more than oh, exactly. anything. exactly. And the bears knew it. That's why they laughed at it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, then, and then along, with, along with that whole uh, thing that I was saying about concerts, it would only be, you know, you'd only be available for what, how, how much of the season, you know what I'm saying? Exactly, right, because it's outdoors, mm -hmm. so without putting that dome on it, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, they, they say that a, a dome that opened, a permanent dome 
is of course cheaper one that right. than one that opens like for the season. Yep. So you're talking like a billion to three or four billion for one that opens. Leo Fector, so. Leo Fector says we're the founding franchise of the NFL with a rabid loyal fan base. Make it the best yep. stadium in the league. Period. That's what they want to do. That's what they want to do. That's world. why it's going to be five billion. <laughs> got mammy on here talking about the freaking bears come on that's the <laughs> great point leo so yeah i was gonna mention when i was very when i was on at the very beginning like we were talking about how everybody uh got from all over got um hooked on the bears you know the bears have like this following of fans wherever they go like they like at the stadiums just as much or more than most of the home fans. I don't know if you've, if you've heard of that. Well, they're one of the original. The Bears are one of the first. And there's right. only two teams left from the original teams that were created when Callis put it all together in the beginning. And Bears is one of them. I can't remember the Bears, what the other one is. The Bears and the Cardinals. The Cardinals, the Cardinals is that it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the Arizona Cardinals. Chicago. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Cardinals are the Arizona franchise Cardinals. ever. Uh, yeah. It is 957, 10.57 in Chicago, Shorty. Yes, it is. Um, <laughs> I do have, I do have a, I do have a deal with, although the show started at 9.05, so I, we technically have until <laughs> we have 13 minutes left as far as the broadcast is concerned. Okay, but mess yourself up. No, I know, I know what you're saying, though. It's like... <laughs> Technically, eight, you got eight but, but it's left. like bedtime for some of us, so yeah. <laughs> All right, Mammy, All right, I'm guys. A, you want to give your piece out? It was a sweetness. Oh, wait, let, have a good on. week, y'all. Hold on, I have to do this correctly. Hold on, wait, do it again. there you go. <laughs> don't, forget, don't forget your piece out. Oh, goodness. And All right. Love you, Mammy. Have a good week, y'all. We'll wow. see you next week. <laughs> Who's your Mammy? That's my Mammy right there. That was awesome. It's good to see your mom. I haven't seen her in a minute. She, uh, my mom's nickname for Chips Ahoy Boy is Damn It. Yes. <laughs> like, like right there when she would say it. <laughs> yeah, she'd always like turn around and like drop something, like damn it. She'd turn around and he'd be standing right there. So it was like always <laughs> damn it to her. Every well, time I say damn it, he's right there. I got a question for you guys. Uh Shorty and uh Chips Ahoy Boy. How long have you guys been friends? Oh gosh. I I would say sixth grade in Miss Gruber's class. Oh geez, yeah. That's where we that's where we started, man. Silent ball. Yep, beating my ass in silent ball, you fucker. Yeah. <laughs> let's not fight about it now, guys. <laughs> Our teacher would she'd pause the class and she'd she'd have a nurse a nerf ball and she'd have she'd have a big coffee can full of candy and yeah, whoever won would get gummy bears, man. Were the ones every, I... Yeah, everyone wanted the big cinnamon gummy bear. So we would just pause and we would start off with a nerf ball. And we'd just throw it around and catch it both hands, and then somebody would drop it, and you'd be out. Eventually, it'd be go to it go to one hand, and then to go to like the opposite hand, and then it would come down to a winner. Yep. So, and you couldn't see you a couple of times. You said anything, you're eliminated too. That's why they call it a ball? 
Yes. You couldn't talk either, right? You couldn't be like, ah, that you were out. Yep. Yeah. Couldn't make a sound. I did not know that was Danit. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> oh, you didn't know that was damn it, Mammy? No, that's what she says. Oh, yeah. I, I thought my name was God damn it for about seven years because my, <laughs> my dad would go, my brother was Jesus Christ, too, because he'd go, God damn it, Jesus Christ, damn it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So before we uh, sign off, uh, J2K, what's going on in your world? Uh, when are you going to be come, be able to come back and join us again? What do you think? You know, that's a good question, Dan. Um, I know that I can be in the chat. I just don't know if StreamYard's going to work on just regular cell phone service. Mm -hmm. So I actually think that maybe in a week or two or something, maybe you and I can just try something on StreamYard just to see if I can even hook up with you guys. Sure. Do something offline. Okay. Um, but, you know, the, the plan is, is that uh, I've got my first month pretty much figured out. And that's about it. I have I've got a rough idea of where I'll, I'm going after that, but um, but yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be exciting, it'll be fun. I cannot wait to hear about your adventures, and um, it's been great having you. I mean, you've been on basically, you've been on BCP since the very beginning. You've helped kind of facilitate this whole thing, you know, beta testing it with new chat guests and stuff. And I appreciate you so much for that. And then, boom! You were on with the draft, and then you you've, you've just kind of been on every day since the, every time since the draft, and it's been awesome. Uh, yeah, the draft was really fun. I have to admit, you know, I was I, I to be honest with you guys, a little apprehensive doing a podcast, being live on air, just something that never really interests me. I mean, yeah. you know, you guys all do such a good job of it, and I'm I'm really impressed. Um, yeah, for me, once we started just talking football. You know, all that kind of went away, and yeah, just sitting with you guys talking over the draft weekend. Um, that's one of my most favorite times of the year in football, and to have the opportunity to do it with you guys, I couldn't thank you guys enough. It was so much fun. Um, yeah, and I'm looking forward to talking to you guys again, and we'll just kind of see how it goes, play it by ear, and you know, I'll see you guys in the ch chat. I'll say what's up, and you know, I'll be around, but, you know, doing the live thing, we'll, we'll see what happens. Well, it'll be great to have you back again, J2K. You know you're always welcome on BCP. You are part of the BCP family. And um, we'll, we can't wait to talk to you again when you're, when you're ready to talk. So that'll be awesome. Uh, seriously, Brian, thanks for reaching out, coming on to join the show tonight. Spectacular job for a first time. Excellent appreciate you man you're part of the bcp family now too brian give me your best you done with bcp you done with bcp excellent oh me all right so now it's, wait it's your turn now uh chips ahoy boy yes sir your best, your best one you done with bcp excellent i'm gonna add that to the opener it'll be a bunch it'll be a collage of all of our guests <clears throat> I'm Any party collage of a, of a blank screen? What's that? How are you gonna have a collage <laughs> of a blank no, screen? No, I, I add everyone's version of that to the audio for the opener. Just yeah, at least got to give you an avatar or something. Just the voice. It's just, just the voice in the in the end part when there's a collaborative of everyone. Yeah, going. You know, yeah. 
We got to get Swifties in there too. But uh, any any last parting words, guys? Anything you want to say, Ryan? Foster? Yeah, sure. Um, it's been a pleasure being on, and I really wish this um, what's happening now with a bit with the um, NSC North. What's happening this year was was next year because I feel like we're gonna as much as we're gonna be good this year, we're gonna be even that much more better next year. I feel like they'll be drafting that like how they doubled up on defensive tackles, doubled up on corners. Well, they're going to double up on defensive ends. And that's when we're going to see like a complete, a better team than what we are now. 100% agree. Foster, parting words? Thanks. I love what Mammy said. Because it's, you didn't do me. <laughs> everybody sleep well on that tonight thanks everybody for, for being in the chat everybody on the show uh this was I, i've had a rough week so this was a great mind deterrent for me i want to thank everybody you guys you guys don't know how much this i needed this today man you don't know so appreciate you, Foster. everyone and i just i'm just grateful to be on here with you guys man thanks chips Hoy, any last parting words can it be anything yeah um Became a great uncle two weeks ago, going to see him this weekend. Thanks for uh, letting me hop on real quick. Love you guys, man. You guys are awesome. You're welcome. Anytime, my friend. Just let me know. PJ, parting words? Yes. I am your father. (laughs) (laughs) That being said, that being said, We will see you guys next week, Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Please make sure to like, subscribe, set your notifications, because we're going to be having some fun here on BCP. We will see you guys next week. Until then, bears. 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 Bears.